in that movie with you know that that exact script and everything and it's not going to be as good it's just it's not yeah, it won't it was, be it as was good that, that chemistry was so good it probably doesn't work as like at all close to as good as it is yeah well, the, well they've all they did like three or four movies together too like money train, money train wasn't yeah. a great movie but those two together those are two great together. they're really really good together. natural born killers too weren't they in natural born or no, no was that just leslie wasn't in there okay, that, that was, was just woody. Woody. that'd have been fucking so weird <laughs> if like woody's just like look He's my boy. We got to get him in this movie somehow. <laughs> Maybe get rid of Tommy Lee Jones and Wesley Snipes is the warden. But he's got to be in this movie. He's my boy. Yeah. Like, Money Train wasn't, like, a good movie. But every scene those two are in together, just kind of bickering and bitching and fighting and joking around. It's hilarious. It's just, it's a really, really, I really like that. But, yeah, they're going to jack that up if they do that. If they make white men can't jump again and have Jaden Smith and Jack Harlow do I'm calling it. That would be, it's funny. The idea of that is funny. Like, God, that's funny, but don't do it. If that actually did happen, I'm calling it if it does. I want, I want a third major league now that Wesley's out of prison. <laughs> Everybody that was a part of it is now, like, on the coaching staff. Tom Berenger's your manager. Charlie Sheen's your pitching coach. Pedro Serrano's, like, your batting coach. Wesley's whatever. Corbin Burton's in the main office. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a GM. I think Lou Brown's dead, isn't he? He Did, is dead. Yeah, he died. Yeah, you just so have you can't bring Lou Brown back. Yeah. Uh, my, Ricky Vaughn might look a little rough. Uh, I don't know what I Charlie Sheen's been he, up to now. got to do it before he dies, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can even, I'll even accept them bringing back Rube Baker from the second one. <laughs> and he could be like a bullpen coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know what movie I've actually seen the third one a few times, and it makes me laugh. The back to the miners. Back to the miners. I mean, it's horrible, but it's it's yeah. there's some really, really, really goofy shit in that movie. <laughs> I stopped watching it. I I when we did uh, the I, well, I did it with Steve. By the way, our guest is Steve Guy, our guy Steve Guy. You did that. You did. You were doing the the series. Oh yeah. Uh, like uh, I, I heart love Cleveland. The CLE, yeah. I love the CLE, and uh, this was a, a real response for me. Like I wasn't planned. He was like, yeah, we talked about Major League, about Cleveland, about the Cleveland Indians. And he's like, how'd you like Major League 2? And I was like, there's a second one? <laughs> and then I, I, I think, and then I remembered I might have seen it as a kid, but I think my dad like instilled in me to forget it. A lot of people block <laughs> that out because it's so bad. I think the second one's still pretty good. Uh, I struggled with it. Uh, Rube Baker is so funny. All right, Rube Baker is funny. You know, he's like, I, I will give him You that. know what happened? He's like, one day when I was a kid... My donkey and my mule kicks me in the balls. <laughs> you know what happened the very next day? What? My mama died. <laughs> like, so After stupid. that, I don't care about my balls hurting no more. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm getting at, rookie? And, and, like, like, and you know what? You're just like, that really does kind of put it in perspective. Like Things <laughs> yeah, can get yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, play, who replaced Wesley Snipes? Omar Epps. It was Omar Epps. What? Not this a great like, job. This was made in like 1992 or something. Not shit. a great job. Oh, no. It comes out in 94, I think, actually. Yeah, okay. So Wesley's on his way up. I think he wanted too much money. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, I think he was like, that's a fucking such a stupid idea. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just going to go just be awesome. So Allstate guy came back? Allstate guy. One? Everybody except for Wesley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even Lou Brown. Even yeah, Lou Brown. Lou Brown the, man, the old manager come back? Yeah, he was chick? there. No, the chick. I'm sorry, the owner. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. No. So the storyline yeah. is that uh, Roger Dorn buys the Indians. Okay, I knew this. And he's yeah. a general manager, but then he can't afford it anymore. It's so he actually manager. sells it back to Rachel Phelps. And For then a he's a general profit. manager. <laughs> yeah, he's a general manager and signs himself to the team. He's so bad. <laughs> uh, that's, a fun, that's a fun premise. 
but yeah, it's yeah. pretty much the same movie but and, worse. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. Like they're, I, I'll, it's almost like when they redid the Hangover. Like they just basically there's like, remember we did that in the first movie. Let's just do that again. Well, yeah. where they also struggled is the first one's rated R. So, oh, like, yeah, you could yeah, do yeah. all the real inside baseball locker yeah. room stuff. Yeah. They made this, like, PG-13 or something, or PG. Oh, man. So, it was, yeah. So, it's like, what? Like, Rick Vaughn can't even say fuck? Like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, but the, there are just parts of it where you're just like, oh, they decided to just redo that part again. Like, the 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 awesome pitching scene at the end of uh, the first major league where Ricky Vaughn strikes out uh, uh, Haywood. Haywood. Yeah. Clue Haywood. And uh, they're like, all right. Now they just replaced that guy with I think his name was Jack Parkman, and they just did that scene again. But this time he had a foul ball in this in, in the second, uh, in the second strike, and then just like they struck him out. And like it's the same fucking thing. Serrano obviously hits a home run again. <laughs> it's just it's the same. It's literally like the same thing, and it, it's just way worse. You know what this sounds like though? This actually sounds like the Major League One and Major League Two predicted. The it like the the same exact almost World Series that they went to back to back in the mid nineties. They weren't the same, but I mean it's like well ninety five and ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, ninety. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but still, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like it's. But they they essentially were just like the Indians came back and they lost their focus. I believe is what they said, and they just sucked. <laughs> and then they had the same montage of getting back in the first place. It's a shot for shot remake, just a different year and slightly different. Oh group. yeah, but Pedro Serrano also not into voodoo. He's into Buddhism. Yeah, in this one, so he's a very peaceful guy. Oh man, that's fucked. So you so... just you just ruined this whole character for the first one. Then yeah, he just then got they... over it. And mo- well, he got over it in the first yeah. one, but then you Fuck just you, Joe, you Google, gave him a new vice. They just yeah. gave him a new vice. Then they make a trade with a Japanese team. And they get this Japanese player, and he tells Pedro Serrano, because he doesn't know English, and he has to look up a book, he goes, you have no marbles. You have no marbles. And then he, like, is like, like this, this with his balls. He pulled, and then motioning there's a point, balls. <laughs> yeah, before Randy no marshing his balls. Yeah. Before Pedro hits the home run, he's, like, taking a, a break from the at-bat, and the whole rest of the team's in the dugout with bags of marbles. They're like, oh. Oh, you guys have seen this movie way too many times. Well, but I mean, oh, all well, I, <laughs> you, you've seen it, too. You just it. don't I, know. Yeah, it was, it was Major League One. They just called it Major League Two. It's like when people, when people, when I hear stories about how people are like, yeah, I was molested as a kid, and I forgot until later in life. It was that, except I wasn't molested. I just watched Major League Two, and it was so bad. My dad's like, you're never watching this again. Roger I, Dorn I, gets put in to pinch hit, and he takes his... <laughs> come on, it's great when he gets beamed. He's like, Dorn, this guy used to go inside on you, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Step in there and take one for and the team. <laughs> come on, Dorn, take one for the team. And then he gets... And then he gets he gets in the bear's box and he just goes, huh. And then, <laughs> then he gets hit. And, and then he, he gets hit and gets, he gets drilled. He's like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like dies. Like all, every, every Major League Baseball player watching this be like, that's not how we are. <laughs> but, it was, but it was so it's funny. It's such a bad Is, is Dorn's hot wife in it? No. no she does oh, not that make sucks. it back. Even she was just like, I don't want to be in that piece of shit. When I was a, when I was a kid uh, and there was, so there was the scene to where his wife was all like kind of like depressed in the beginning of the movie or like she was just like annoyed mm-hmm. she wasn't dressing all like like putting on a bunch of makeup going out like yeah. the scene where she was with Charlie Sheen yeah I didn't know as a kid that that was the same woman oh dude, I thought that, that was, was I thought that was Jamie Lee Curtis that was a, and the quite bed a glow scene. up there man because yeah she was just kind of like a, a house mom she was just unhappy around. yeah and then she showed up in that bar I was like who the fuck is that I thought right? it was Jamie Lee Curtis and I was like oh my god is that is that fucking witch call from Halloween and yeah. I was like I was I was a little kid beginning all excited I was like yeah she's fucking hot she looked Real good. She looks real good. I don't chase ball players. Why'd you come over here? 
because you are the sexiest man I've ever laid eyes on. I've always wanted to hear that. And you look like you could use a friend. <laughs> yeah. What a line. Every man's always wanted to hear that. <laughs> you look like, <laughs> you, look like you could use a friend, she says. I've heard versions of it. It's usually like, well, my boyfriend dumped me. <laughs> and you're the only one in the box. <laughs> you're like, okay, college. And I'm still just like, I don't think so. <laughs> this feels wrong. <laughs> can we? You come home with me, but we can leave the lights off. I'm like, I don't. I think you should go. <laughs> you're gonna regret this. Have you ever had that? You know, you know when dudes do that moment when dudes go, uh, when dudes like have a girl over. Like every time, I, like you've had a girl over when you were younger, and and then. There's a stereotypical thing of, oh, what's your name again? The girl's like, you fucking asshole. Have you ever had that reversed? When when you were, when I, the girl's like, I was like, had a great night with a girl and shit. She goes, by the way, what's your name again? I was like, damn, that's what that feels like. It's not a good feeling. I don't think so, but no. I think I'd be like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was respectable. If we knew each other's names, we'd probably date. Uh, yeah. I was like, because I was like, this girl's great. We're in the same night. She's like, what's your name again? I was yeah. like, oh. We're in the same headspace. Touche. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to get you out of here. And yeah. You're clearly <laughs> Nice. Let's high five and get the fuck out. Yeah. I'll go to work. Take care, Jane Doe. <laughs> yeah, Jane Doe. See ya, buddy. <laughs> do they do they refer to women you've uh, women you've slept with as Jane Doe's? I know no. it's like a I know that's a law thing or a, no? It's when they can't. It's just yeah. They, they call don't John Doe's and Jane Doe's. So like it's a Jane Doe if they can't identify the body. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a bad John Doe joke. Uh, it was uh, the John Deere. Like this was like almost a year ago when John Deere really uh, they like relieved. Uh, like 30,000 workers and oh no the, the 30,000 workers went on strike and I was like yeah none of the names want to be released so they're all no, now called John Doe's <laughs> and then I said it on stage one time it's a bad dad joke but speaking <laughs> of bad dad jokes because Steve has a lot of not dad jokes Bad jokes. Just bad jokes. He's working. He's working oh, just not even dad. Just bad. Just okay. bad joke. He's working on a special for bad jokes, and uh, and but like the last couple of weeks, when I've seen Steve, like he'll do like one of the shows, and he'll be all excited, and he'll come up to me, but like, hey, I got these really bad jokes. I want to test out. I want to do a half hour of them. Wait, a special? <laughs> not on those of, a special? Not on those I, want, I want to write like a half hour special of really bad jokes. Then the audience has no idea that that's what it is. Like 30 straight minutes? Yeah. Oh, I want to be invited to that. So like, <laughs> so, like, the hope is that by the end of it, they've caught on, like, oh, this is intentionally awful. Now we're all in on this joke, and this is, you know, even funnier or a good time, you know. Especially just, when you get, like, 15 minutes into it. They're going to oh, be talking yeah. to each other, like, why are they letting him go for so long? <laughs> He's closing out the show? How is this guy the closer? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear like a suit for that one too. Yeah, you got you showed me he's got a we, he got a wacky suit. No, not that jacket. I'm gonna wear like a real legit suit. Like a legit suit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you wear like, like a shirt. wacky one, then it might give it away. Sooner. Yeah. No. No. So I'm gonna wear like the <laughs> like whole really look jacket, nice. nice pants, tie. Right. Look really yeah. like John Mulaney style. Right. Like yeah. like like Craig. Uh, who is the one basketball reporter that passed away? Craig Sager. Like Craig, Craig Sager. Sager. <laughs> you gonna have like That's purple a, yeah. socks? If he Sagered, I think they'd be like, oh, it's a joke. Look how he's dressed. Uh, yeah. But if you come up there looking nice, it'll yeah. throw people because they'll be like, oh shit. Yeah, dress real. He's serious. a headliner and he looks nice. Mm-hmm. Only really good comics yeah. dress up for the headliner. Yeah, this guy must be good. He's wearing a t-shirt and a suit jacket and, and a every, backwards hat. This yeah. guy gets it. Every couple of minutes, they're like, "All right, well, he's, he's warming up. He's just he's getting he's reading the room. He's reading so the room." I already know the name of the special because I'm gonna do it also multiple times throughout it. I'm just gonna call it. This guy knows what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> so that I can continuously point to Just people. keep pointing to people. Yeah, this guy every time it doesn't about. go good. <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. I said that in Erie last Classic night. me. <laughs> I said to some dude, I said something about like uh, like dudes like sucking each other's dicks or something. And there was a guy with a beard. I was like, this guy knows what I'm talking about. I just, the only person I could point at. And he started laughing. He goes, I don't, but it's funny. Because there was a beer called the Angry Cock at the oh. bar. What? It was at Black Monk Brewery in Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> the Angry Cock. It was called I'm the Angry Google. Cock. So I'm I not Googling that. I immediately opened yeah, don't do that. it. It's going to come up. <laughs> I immediately, it's going to be like gay porn. <laughs> it's just going to pop yeah. up. Like a big black cock's going to pop up. Oh, maybe I will Google it. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the Angry Cock, of course, I was like, has anyone ever made jokes about this? And the guy's like, no. And I was like, okay, this is fucking easy. And I started making jokes about, like, I'm, I got the Angry Cock against my mouth, and I'll be honest, I'm pretty satisfied. <laughs> And then everyone's laughing. I was like, yeah, now I, now I know why Lil Nas X has his own lifestyle. Like, I get it. This angry cock is incredible. I forgot about that, dude. We all did. After that, he was humping the devil. Now he's got another song out. He's got a song out right now that's a hit. What is it? I don't remember what it's called. But <laughs> <laughs> I just know. I was, I, was, uh, I was with Sam. She's like, you don't know this Lil Nas X song? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like, he's really hip, though. He's like, like kids I, love his fucking I, shit. I love I thought Old Town Road was a really dumb song. I liked it at first. The uh, um, the other song where he's actually humping the devil before I saw the video, I, I, the, I don't know what it's called. Uh, the song is called Montero. That's Montero, that was it. That's, That's not a bad song. But Old Town Road, I didn't understand the oh, I guess deal. it's already a year old, huh? Montero. Oh yeah, that's the new song you were talking. That's how out of touch we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's the one. Well, that's how I know if somebody because I'm out of touch. That's how I know someone's really popular, or even I know who they are. Like then, Jack Harlow. I said Jack Harlow. You know who Jack I knew Harlow who that was. was. Well, also I know who he is because he's a goofy white rapper who has a rap song called Tyler Hero, who is another goofy white guy <laughs> who thinks he's black. <laughs> so, Jack Harlow is Lil Dicky if he was serious. <laughs> yeah. A little yeah. bit. I feel like Lil Dicky obviously came up before Jack Harlow, but saw Jack Harlow and was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Can just we gonna play do this on there real quick? We might get copyright. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> we've we, been recording. We've been recording for like 15 minutes. Sorry. Hell, I didn't know. <laughs> I do like that I song, thought, though. That's, that's, that's his, uh, I thought you were good when, when Brian's like, anyway, Steve Guy's our guest. I <laughs> 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 feel like he was warming up for his intro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you want me to intro yeah. you as, Steve? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just right, told let's... everybody about my special I'm writing now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. no, we just oh, let the cat out of the bag. Shit, should we start over? I can't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> it's up to you. I can start over. I don't care, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're getting all pink. Your, your face is matching your sweater right now. <laughs> you're like, fuck. I literally said to start guest Steve Guy, and you're like, yeah, anyways. Like Major three League. minutes in. Anyways, Major League Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think people would want to listen about Major League Two oh, on the podcast. That's typically what we do. Oh, they, <laughs> that's honestly why I thought we weren't recording, because we're yeah. talking about Major League Two for so long. Oh, oh, oh. The people want to hear about Major <laughs> oh, League Two. Trust me. People oh, can relate to I just, this. I just gave you the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting requests for months. Everyone's like, look, this podcast is cool now. We need more Major League Two talk. Yeah. And maybe bring up the can third one. Can you guys one. describe in detail the sequel to Major League? Yeah. So many people are going to respond to this. Oh, I did. I totally thought that was Jamie Lee Curtis, too. They're going to mention all your quotes. It's going to be awesome. That. That wouldn't work. You didn't say anything wrong. Like, sometimes when we do that, we've had a couple. I remember when uh, Andre, when we did that with Andre Not, it was like three minutes in, and we've been talking about, like, Devin Booker and all the different NBA players that have slammed his girlfriend. And and he's like, well, no, it's right. You know, let's just start the podcast. I'm like, we've been going. And he's like, oh. And then he's sitting, you could tell, like, mentally, he's like, 
I'm on TV and I'd like to keep that job. What did I say? <laughs> like, you're fine, dude. Don't worry about well, it. Well, he didn't say the name. Then I said the name and ruined it. <laughs> yeah, and, then so. he, and then he jokingly called me an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice guy. Then Andre oh, yeah, your buddies with Andre. You know Andre. Yeah. I don't know we're buddies, but we know each other. <laughs> we know each other. It's okay. Andre's friends with everybody. Yeah. He's just that dude. We've exchanged text messages. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. You're, you're close. Yeah, I've exchanged sure. texts with him, too. Yeah, he just texted me the other day. He and I have a... Uh, <laughs> We have a since we're both married and uh, we both like buying Air Jordans. But when you're married, you can't really do that because they're expensive. And uh, no matter how what your income is, your wife will be like, "Do you really think that we just have the money if you just spend a couple hundred dollars on shoes that you're just using as collectors that you're standing?" So he and I were discussing ways around it. Like a couple, I don't know, maybe like last year when we were like at a bar or something like that. I was like, he's like, I have to wait for like my wife to get out of town, and then I, I'm sorry, I'm saying this out, so now she'll know if she listens. But and he waits for her to leave town, and he has to time the delivery for when she's gonna be out of town. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's just saying, the one thing he's doing wrong. Yeah, it's just like she's like, you bought fucking shoes. She's, he's like, yeah, maybe a couple, seven pairs on tray. Oh yeah, he's just, he, he's like, that's my. That's my thing. That's my one thing that I spend a lot of money on are just are the shoes. He's like, I like the shoes. But he's like, but I also have to, he has that conversation. I do the same thing. You should text him and let him know you said this on air. So just so he's oh, prepared. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him what I did. And what I told him what I do is like, I usually will, I'll change the password to the online banking so my wife can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'll be like, I can't get into the bank. I can't get into PNC again. And then I go into this whole, again, that app never works. I'm going to sort this out. This is bullshit. And then hope enough time passes and does, she doesn't check. Doesn't your mother-in-law listen to this? Yes. <laughs> it's not the worst thing that we've said. Yeah, we've said some I said some horrible on here a couple episodes ago, and you said, doesn't your mother-in-law listen to this? And I was like, and I legitimately thought about, like, just, like, editing. And I don't like editing at all. No. And I was like, I got to take that part out. It was like a the whole thing about Did like, you take it jobs. out? No, I let it go. In fairness, <laughs> she probably tuned out during the 20-minute discussion about Major League Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. And that's what my head, I'm like, there's no way we're recording because who's going to listen to this as we still continue to talk about it? Oh, oh, dude, we've, we've. I thought that was just like a me Joe conversation and nobody else was going to care. Oh, no, no, I really did. As soon as Brian's like, well, our guest is Steve Guy today. Steve Guy's with us. And I don't know. I thought you were good. <laughs> I thought that he was like, I thought he was like reminding you Steve's last name is Guy. Like, Oh, you just thought it was a bit. Like, I, I was thought like, you were oh. reminding Joe. I mean, I don't do a shit ton of press. He's our guy, Steve name. Guy. Yeah, I knew your name, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, the funniest part, though, was then you actually just got on your phone and started playing a little Nas X song. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, the copyright right might fuck that up and you're like we're recording <laughs> by the way can i just say joe your hat is fucking funny as hell bubba's hot tubs i bought this last night at the bar is that from the dudley boys or no i don't know what it was dudley from. boys hat i was at a birthday party last night i ended up in the hop house in downtown akron i don't know you you got that yesterday i bought this last night <laughs> before i left the bar i was like i have to have that <laughs> Name your price. <laughs> How much was it? Like fifteen dollars? Maybe. <laughs> you don't even remember? You just black out. Just no. Just because I was just like, I'll just take it. And I'm like, whatever. Here, I just gave my card. They ran. I was like, thank you. I don't need a receipt. Everything seems on the up and up. <laughs> Anyone that's selling Bubba's hot tub mesh hats is definitely a, a businessman that I can trust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. I thought it was funny. Plus, I know a guy. I grew up with a guy whose name was Bubba. My plan was to give it to him. Bubba the sure. Love Sponge. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's him. Oh, you know the guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good friends. But I'm, I'm probably just going to keep it. Well, I, I brought wrestling up because Steve is the voice of AIW Wrestling. Oh, wait, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. How did you get into that? I don't know. I like wrestling. Um, <laughs> I assumed you liked wrestling. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I was, how did you get into being the announcer? I was doing a the podcast, voice. and um, I'd already been helping. I, so we have a training school. And I was already going to the school and working with uh, people on their characters and promo work, talking on a mic, you know, things like that. Just being comfortable talking in front of people. And uh, then we would go and interview people at the wrestling shows for our podcast. While the show was going on, we were like in a different room or whatever. Uh, and then the ring announcer that they had, the their longtime one retired from doing ring announcing or just took a step back. He had like a kid or two. And it's like, man, I can't do this all the time. And then the other guy that they kind of hired to fill in or whatever was in a car accident on his way coming from Jersey, totaled his car. He was fine as a person, but then couldn't get there. And it was like 40 minutes before the show was supposed to start. They were just like, you know, I had said previously, I was like, hey, if you can't make it, like, I'll fill in. I, I, I don't have a problem talking in front of people. Obviously, it's fine. Whatever. And uh, I did. 40 minutes before it started, they were like, could you run home and put a suit on? I was like, uh, yep, guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and came back, did it, and doing it ever since. How long have you been doing it? Um, since 2015, the end of 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, six years. That's the best way to get a job. Just because, be there. Yeah, you're just there, and they're like, okay, now you're just here officially. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's the only way that I would ever get a cool job like that. It would be like <laughs> default. Literally everyone else has either quit or been in an accident. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool, though. That's a that's a cool thing to have on there, man. Yeah, it's fun. Now we do we have our own podcast for the uh, for the wrestling promotion, and I'm on there. And so it's, it's a really weird, unique thing because wrestling fans are so crazy, and they listen to everything. We were, our, Actually, our wrestling podcast was one of the first ones like for our promotion. It was early on. Now everybody has podcasts about everything. Yeah. Uh, and there are so many wrestling ones as well. But we do like this behind-the-scenes look at indie wrestling promotions. and uh, It's the owner, so he talks about booking and issues he's had with people sometimes or whatever. Or we've, we've booked meet-and-greets for like legendary people. and you know, We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about what goes into decisions sometimes of storylines or this and that. And... and uh, People listen so much. I went. I was at WrestleMania, went multiple times. But this one year, I go, and I'm walking up outside of the stadium, and two of our uh, younger wrestlers were there, and they were like, "Steve, what's up?" and, and calling for me, just Steve, not using my f- full name. I'm like, "Oh, what's up, guys?" And I go over and start talking to them. This guy gets out of line from like three or four people in front of them, and comes back. He goes, uh, "Hey, you're Steve Guy." And I was like. Yeah, he's like, I'm a big fan of uh, the the card is going to change, the name of our podcast. Oh, cool. Because I listen every week. That's I, crazy. I heard, I heard them say, Steve, and I heard you start talking. I was like, I know that voice. And I was like, that is wild to me. What state that, was that WrestleMania in where that happened? Um, it might have been in Dallas. Like, this is like four years, three or four years ago then? Like five. That's insane that another state, someone's like, dude, I listen to your fucking podcast. Yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah, that's very cool. And yeah, but you kind of have like an announcer voice and if he follows and you're right because like i mean wrestling fans that's a those are a different breed oh i know they're, man. they're just die hard they're just different 
you know, it, uh, different from everybody. I think they're different from fight fans, different from sports fans. The only ones that might be somewhat similar, but I still th- think not as crazy, are like football fans. Yeah, I think football fans are more into it. Basketball people are still casual about it. Baseball, I think they're like, I can't believe we still like this. But like wrestling fans are different. They're they're but they'll, yeah, they'll absorb anything. Oh, they love it. Anything yep. about it, they will absorb it. They they're love so, getting. They're into so that loyal shit. to stuff too. Oh yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's it mind boggling to me. So like I have a marketing background, and it drives me crazy that people are just still not willing to give sponsor money or advertise with wrestling stuff. They're like it's still taboo, and I'm like, okay, but in a world. Where brand loyalty used to be a big thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are missing out on a lot of money that is going to, like, you want to talk about uh, a direct audience to really get a return on investment? I'm getting real, uh, what I don't know. No, real it's, lingo a, good, here, it's but, a good point. Yeah, but, you and know what I mean? Like, that, that is a group right there. That is, and that's when I, when you're talking about that, you're like, why doesn't, like, Reebok or Nike or something sponsor? And, yeah, and you're right, like it is Miller because, Light. I mean, yeah. You, you, you think about, the, yeah, just think I of think like, Under Armour is actually with WWE, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, they do stuff with the Rock. Oh, no, Tap Out. Tap, tap Out. out it's Tap okay. Out works with WWE. But I mean, you thought, from a, in terms of a global market, I can't think of a better example. I mean, that literally rakes in billions. Not even just like that, it's all basketball, baseball, all of those, they have up, ups and downs. Because like people will get tired. Uh, basketball is probably a good example. Yeah. People get tired of basketball and have gotten tired of basketball because they got t- people have lost interest because of like the, the 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 super teams, everyone bouncing around, joining things like that. Mm-hmm. And but it, typically seeing the same teams over and over again, and they didn't really see a spike in ratings until last year when it was like the Bucks and the Suns. That everyone's yeah. like the fuck. Everyone's like this Who? is new. Yeah. And now people want, and then then it goes back up. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, and you could tell people were, were sick. Wrestling, I don't obviously I haven't dug into the ratings. I know they're fucking astronomical. And they don't. I, I'm sure the ratings go up and down, but they still have to be higher than most. Like you talk about like people losing interest, like in again in sports, the Oscars, the Grammys. Like those are those are events that used to have 40, 50 million views when like the Academy Awards are on. Now yeah. they're like ten. Yeah, it's yeah. like ten million. And wrestling, because like so, I mean, just what I know is I know Monday. So there's the the. The three major shows on cable are pretty much Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite. Yeah. And you could say Rampage, AEW sure. Rampage, which is after SmackDown. I believe Raw gets pro- over a million viewers weekly. Yeah. AEW is, they were, I think they're around the one million mark. They don't hit one million They hover every around week, it, yeah. But they hover around like 900,000. and like it's still weekly? And a- that's a- unheard of now. So, right? so if you're including four shows, that's, you're getting four. If someone's watching all four of those shows, which... I mean, sure, let's, let's separate between WWE and AEW because those are the two big ones. So I'm assuming on if you had Raw and SmackDown, it's around two million viewers. AEW is probably a million and a half, yeah. maybe two million, you know, depending on the week. But I mean, if you're working with them, that's two mil, two million viewers. Like the top three spots, top well, th- what top three spots of the night on cable? Yeah, and I'm not even talking about from like. The big companies like AEW and WWE, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm talking like like people like us, like smaller ones like AIW. So like to break down our the power of everything that we have and the loyalness from our listeners of the podcast and and our fans in general. Uh, so when White Claw first hits the market, right, we recorded a couple of podcasts like Fourth of July weekend or something, and there was me the the owner John Thorne and um, a couple of our, our wrestlers. We were all having a cookout. And everybody's just getting loaded. 
And it's like a podcast disaster because we're all hammered and we got these microphones, right? Sounds like guiltless. But we keep talking about the White Claw that we're drinking. And we probably went through like six or seven cases of like White Claw over the course of however many hours. We recorded like three or four episodes for no reason at all. Yeah. And, uh, and so then the very next show, we do a show at uh, like the Winchester and they sell out of White Claw. Because people are like, oh, this is the AIW drink of choice. We got to get it. And then we, a couple months later or months later. And that shit you even notice, like, when you're there, you're like, everyone's yeah. drinking fuck. And then you connect the dots a little bit yeah. like, while you're and then, performing. Uh, well, they even said, they're like, whoa, like, we push, it's just stuff that we drink. At the time it was White Claw, we push Tito's. And, man, people would sell out of Tito's. I mean, people bring. So, like, John, the owner, loves Tito's. People will bring him mini bottles or actual full bottles of like big bottles of Tito's, and we used to do um, WrestleCon as a big wrestling convention during WrestleMania weekend. And we did it a couple times, and again, WrestleMania weekends people come from all over the place and they go right. And so there were people who knew that they we would be there, and they would see him. And they're not from Ohio, and they've never been able to get to Ohio for an AIW show, but they bought bottles of Tito's and brought it to him at this wrestling convention <laughs> as like a, hey, love the show, you know, here you go. And uh, and then we did um, when it was Now That's Class, that same summer we we challenged everybody, we're like oh, okay, you know, what's, you know what the deal is White Claw, White Claw, they sold out of White Claw and then they went to Truly's and they sold out of that and it got so ridiculous that they were also selling Mad Dog 2020 there Holy that was shit. always a staple <laughs> that's still a thing yeah we got them <laughs> we got them to sell go. out of Mad Dog 2020 we were just like I would just keep going like hey here's what you gotta get next here's what you gotta get next so it's like there is, is this there is this power that exists and I don't, power is you know seems negative it's not I mean, the best term but there's an influence there for sure yeah. I, I don't even think power is an inaccurate word especially when you turn it when you talk when you're talking about revenue and exposure and, and, and now like, yeah. like like a loyal audience and brand audience like that there is that that is power and that's where it all goes like anybody is going to go toward any company will shift toward the revenue where whichever way the wind is blowing revenue wise right. and if they were paying attention or for whatever reason they are and they don't want it i mean Eventually, maybe just money-wise, it becomes too big to ignore, and they gotta jump in there. Yeah, because it's just, you know, I mean, let's be real. I mean, a, a couple people in this city just made a two hundred and fifty million dollar, you know, you know, gamble because they think it's gonna generate revenue. So, yeah, I mean, worse decisions have been made. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, true. that's uh, and that's, and I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I, I remember, but some of it, I still. I mean, I still make wrestling references because I just remember all that shit like when I was a kid. And even like recently, too, because it's just it's getting harder and harder for me to not see or miss. Yeah. I see clips all the time. Yeah. And the uh, what is it like the uh, the the showmanship, the performances in general, uh, I've always understood that wrestling is scripted but i've never been the one that was like wrestling's fake no fucking way it's way i remember it when hurts, me and dude. you were sitting yeah. at uh me and you were sitting at uh what's that dive bar down the down the street mars no um the oh, other way oh fucking no with all the pool tables yeah it used to be iggy's yeah or it is, oh, it is iggy's. Still, okay yeah. <laughs> we were sitting there at iggy's and we were watching a, a daniel bryan match uh, okay yeah and it um, was when daniel bryan it was the opening match bryan versus omega Oh, and and okay. this match and was Brian, Brian Danielson. Yeah, Brian. This Danielson. match was twenty to twenty-five minutes long. Yeah, 
and I don't mean 20, 25 minutes long of everyone just faking jabs. No. I mean, they're throwing each other all over the place. Yeah, this is where they I go mean, to a draw, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's right. It did. It went and down. And he got draw. sucked in. Because I was like, dude, because I told him, I was like, hey, I need to watch this match. Yeah. And then some dude at the bar is wearing, it was like barely anyone at the bar, and this dude's wearing an AEW shirt. And he was like, it, and I just walked in, and he's like, it, it, it's the first match. And I was like, no fucking shit. It's like five minutes after it started. And then I was like, hey, Joe, I want to talk. We need to watch this. Yeah. And it was, but I mean, the just the the wear and tear of that, and that's one match. Oh, you watch them chop each other. Yeah. Like, you're not wearing yeah, a shirt. Man, that's you not... see the welts yeah. forming in some of these matches when these guys do that. And it's like, yeah. Someone slaps me in the back at the beach. I'm going back to the beach house, and I'm staying there. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm certainly not like, do it nine more times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially just... if you got a sunburn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that stuff is not... That stuff's fucking real. I mean, mm-hmm. that is real. And the, the, the wear and tear is really, really real. And I think that's why people like it, too. And then some of those even more extreme, like some of those extreme, like, cage and ladder matches. I mean, those well, are crazy. Those last for 40 minutes to an hour. I mean, doing that, is, it's crazy watching that. But the fans, man, they, they eat that. They love that. Dude, They'll always be there for that. We've seen people uh, on our shows, we've had guys hit with light tubes. So it goes that for further sometimes, yeah. you know. Um, like the hard, like the 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 the, the death matches. Oh. There were death matches yeah. in Japan. Oh, dude, that's yeah. And, oh, yeah. and there's and, yeah, and there's still death. Like there are. There's a whole. Uh, what's the company called? Uh, CZW. Oh, they're uh, CZW is gone. Oh, GCW. Uh, yeah, no GCW. They like yeah, uh, yeah like they have. They do um, some, yeah. Yeah, they, like they're still hard. Like they have like some bad like. Not bad. I'm saying like crazy matches to where some people go like, man, this isn't what wrestling's about. It's like, no, nah, it's fucking wrestling. I mean, it's just, it's cool. It's it's not everyone's cup of tea because it's a lot of blood. Yeah. Sometimes it's oh, a lot of yeah, blood. Yeah. I love blood. Like, yeah. But I mean, even now, like, you know, the, the, I've seen like replays like in like the 90s or early 2000s where someone's like, you can see where he's, you know, cutting him to show blood. I'm like, yeah, I, maybe that's true. It's still really blood, though. <laughs> it's I, really I love him going, yeah. it's fake blood. I was like, no, he just sliced no, himself. He just sliced <laughs> like, see, it's fake. He's cutting him. I'm like, yeah, but he's not. He's actually yeah. cutting no, him. No, they just yeah, put all that fake bleeding. blood in their head. Like, he's, yeah, he's been walking around with a blood capsule that whole time. And yeah. he's like, and smears yeah. it. You never saw the Eddie Guerrero. There's a that, that's probably for me. That was the most bloodiest mainstream match I've ever seen. It was Eddie Guerrero versus uh, JBL in 2004. Oh. Oh, yeah. Eddie Guerrero. He sliced his. He he like, like cut himself on top, but he cut too deep, and he started pouring blood, like from oh, his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. on like a live. I believe it was a pay per view. It wasn't. Yeah, Smackdown. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's there's tricks to it too. So you, it's not just that you're gigging. So it's like so the the. Tried and true tricks are you slam tons of orange juice and a whole lot of aspirin uh, within a certain amount of time before your match. Really thin out your blood. Yeah. So that the moment, then it just starts. Now, some people are just good bleeders. <laughs> well, so like, well, if you think about like an Eddie Guerrero, especially like, I mean, he was a wrestler for 30 years. So he's probably had a lot of injuries, a lot of cuts. When you start developing a lot of, and up here especially, if you get a lot of scar tissue, fighters have these problems. You have to have it repaired because they get cut so easily if they've been cut so many times. Yeah. Then you start getting cut and you bleed easy. And fighters actually have to get it repaired sometimes because they'd be three minutes into a fight, catch a simple jab, and then they opened up and it threatens, it, it, it risks the, the fight ending. So he, if he cut too deep and it could start gushing, it might just be he just had a lot of scar tissue because he's had so many times. That's true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he used to wrestle, when he was first coming up, he wrestled in Mexico a lot. And, I mean, they're definitely, they've had, plenty of blood matches there but uh, 
Yeah, that's crazy. Didn't he have a heart attack during a match? No, he was at uh, in a hotel. Died. You're thinking of Jerry Lawler had a heart attack on air. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Right, that did happen. Jerry Lawler did. Yeah, Yeah, while he was announcing, he had had a heart attack, and the announcers were like freaking out because he didn't know if he was going to die. Thanks to our boy Dolph Ziggler. Oh yeah, you dude, Dolph. (laughs) Yeah, you you met Dolph. Yeah, I did. Met him West Park Station a couple years ago. (laughs) He's a really nice guy. Yeah, (laughs) he was super nice, dude. (laughs) But yeah, and then it went back into and Brian was telling me about it, like you know the the wrestlers, and some of them still are like massive. Mm -hmm. And uh, when someone explained to me who he was, I was like, nah. That guy's smaller than I am. Like, he's 5'8", 10", maybe? Yeah. And he's just, I mean, he's in shape, but he's not big. He's not a huge guy. And they're like, no, it's because all the crazy shit they're doing now, they're more, like, aerodynamic. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like he, that Daniel Bryan guy, he's not big. No. no. He's, like, 5'10". He's, he's, no, he's probably 5'8". Yeah, yeah. Like probably 5'8", 5'9". Because Ziggler's, I think, an even 6 foot. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan, or Bryan, American Bryan Danielson... American Dragons. American Dragons. Yeah, I was <laughs> trying, trying to, to say that. Thing. I started mixing it. I still mix it up. <laughs> but yeah, no, because he's short. But he is. It's crazy because like even in the 80s and shit, like Hulk Hogan's the best wrestler. But like that's different. It's, I mean, yeah. wrestling's evolved to then. Because Hulk Hogan's probably like, what, like 6'4", 6'3", or probably. something? Hogan was, so Hogan was like 6'5", 6'6". He's a big guy, yeah. yeah. Cause, but the, everyone was huge back then. Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a big dude. They were all big. Well, even, even as... Early as mid late nineties, you know. Yeah, yeah. The those guys were huge. Yeah. Six four, six five. Uh, Stone Cold six three. Yeah. You know these are big guys. Undertaker obviously six ten. So you know they are all massive at that point. And then it's it's it was the Eddie Guerrero's coming up that really started to kind of shift things, or even Bret Hart to a degree. But even Bret Hart was like the Shawn Michaels. Like even Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was probably the first big too. one. Yeah, yeah. But but then that because the indie boom started hitting and the you could like the ECW counts as indie. They were yeah yeah like yeah. I mean and then they became more mainstream. But they course, were all but. like the I think that what you tell me if I'm wrong because you you know more because you're more you're you're in the biz. But the indie boom you could say started around like the real indie boom probably started like 2002 like when ECW died. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Because then all Maybe. the Ring of Honor guy they were all small dudes, but they they were the tech the technical Eddie Guerrero style wrestlers where they're like technical they're doing flips and. Like there's a there's a nice there's a different type of story being told. Yeah, and then all those wrestle a lot of those Ring of Honor wrestlers then are now like WWE mainstays like like today. Yeah, yeah, or on on AEW. Yeah, and AEW too. Yeah, wrestling's a weird, it's a weird funny thing. You get you got really normal people that are fans, and then like, you know, last summer I was at the gathering of the Juggalos ring announcing <laughs> Holy pro <shit>. wrestling <laughs> for two nights there. I wish I'd known that. We could have done an entire episode just on that. And, and the Juggalos. <laughs> the Juggalos have been, with me and a couple of friends of mine, that's been kind of an ongoing joke for like the last like three months. We went on at like <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> Is that when the match started? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, all right, you're signed. I got, dude, I got to do uh, uh, commentary for a match with, uh, was I with Violent J? No. Who's the other one? What the hell are their names? Why are they escaping me? Violent J. Oh, and, I don't know. <laughs> and the talkative Bob. No. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Crazy Kim. Yeah, you can Crazy Kim. But what I, with one of the members of ICP, I was doing, because we did live commentary, like during the show yeah. for the crowd. I got to do that with him. That was pretty cool. I was like, there's a thing you cross off your bucket list that you didn't even know was on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then two days later, you're like, I just made a new bucket list. I yeah. checked that off. <laughs> 
I will 100% win a game of never, ever, have I ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one's fucking guessing that one. <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, how much, so how much of the, of, uh, this, how much of this does the take up your time? Like how much of your time is, because you, you're doing a lot of different things. Outside yeah. just comedy, the comedy fest. Yeah. Uh, so how much of this is, is like your day or your week? Wrestling? Yeah. Um, every week varies when it's a show week. Um, I've gotten out of the habit. So the pandemic changed a lot of things, but prior to the pandemic, uh, and we, we do live streams and stuff. And prior to the pandemic, when we had more storylines going, and we're, we're slowly now getting back into storyline stuff. Um, so I would also create video packages for people to watch at home, like a quick 30-second video package before a match on his live streams and do cold opens and stuff as well. Um, so those weeks, it would take a lot more. Yeah. Uh, during the – before everything opened back up last year – in January or February of last year, we actually filmed a 10-episode uh, show for this. We're on this streaming service called IWTV, and we came up with this concept called Go For Broke, and all of our local guys or somebody that was close to drive in, we created an entire, like, series. And uh, it was, like, it was very different. It had wrestling, but then there was, like, backstage stuff. That is, so it was like part reality TV, yeah. but part wrestling, and we blended it, and then that was the driving force for then once we came back last summer, like some of those stories kind of continued, and even continued to now a little bit. Um, and that was, at that time, I wasn't working or anything, uh, that was like a 40-hour-plus-a-week thing to edit those whole episodes and get those out. Because yeah. I'm doing, oh, yeah, man. that's I'm doing... Uh, you know, editing the matches, editing backstage stuff. And then we also had like vignettes. I was building the vignettes for people and stuff. Uh, and then I, you know, I still work with some guys on promos and things. So every week is kind of different. There might be a week where, I mean, all I did this week was the podcast and or whatever. And, and now I'm having to look forward into what am I going to do next week? Do I need to help somebody with a promo and stuff like that? And some guys will have me help them make promos for uh, promotions that aren't even ours. So yeah. We, we both do a lot. Like, I mean, we both do different things because I feel like, so, like, I'm starting, you you know, Joe, I'm starting to get this really busy schedule. You know, I've, I've even missed episodes for this and do nobody cares. I'm missing, uh, I'm not a mainstay on there anymore because I'm just busy doing other stuff. So, like, I'm doing stand-up, then I do the funny bus, then I produce shows I'm doing stand-up for, doing podcasts and just running around doing shit. Yeah. And you do... You do wrestling, that you do, you know, like you help people all promos. You do stand up, you run a comedy festival, you run a show, you do the, uh, like in like the little segments of the, the, the Cleveland Monsters, oh, the Monsters games. Monsters games, yeah. Yeah. So, like, and, and it, cause I, I had a, like, Joe, we've talked about my voice problem, cause I started yeah. having voice problems. And me and Steve were texting last week, and he was like, yeah, dude, just recommendation, just bring cough drops. Like all the time, so now I just stack up on cough drops. Got, oh yeah, 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 got them in my pocket now. Yeah. I, I had a busy week of, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, like I'm losing my voice here now. It's Sunday, and, and uh, I had a busy week of stand up plus bartending, and I think of the, well, and then going back to last weekend, uh, I had a monsters hockey game, and I'm screaming during that. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, man, I swear by soda water and cough drops constantly. Yeah. Well, and all those things too. The, those are all, those are all jobs gigs that don't have set schedules yeah so i mean you really got to juggle some shit i imagine oh yeah a yeah. lot of juggling right now I'm with stressing the juggalos out. <laughs> juggling right, with the juggalos right now i'm stressing out because uh 
I had to bartend and work on uh, opening day for baseball, the home opener here in Cleveland, and uh, I'm also scheduled to do the Monsters game that day or that night. So well, like, you'll well, make some money. Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, Monsters game probably not gonna happen. Um, it's a lot of juggling, you know. It's it's a weird in a weird uh, scenario where it's like, okay, I have to take into account how much I'm going to get paid to do this. Yes. Um, or is this going to advance me in some way? And I got to weigh those options. Cause I don't make a lot of money when I do the wrestling stuff. Um, but you know, I, I love being a part of it and there's, there's some goals there and, and all the things I do, I'm getting a lot of experience in terms of entertainment wise. Um, you know, but then like if I have a wrestling show the same day that I get an offer to stand up gig, well, is it, is it, have I never been to that place before? You know, is it, am I, am I traveling out of state? Am I going to get paid well? Or is it going to be like, Hey, it's a hundred bucks. We're not putting you up and it's a four hour drive. So I'm like, well, am I going to cancel on, especially with gas prices? Now. Right. Am I going to cancel on wrestling <laughs> yeah. just to drive four hours one way? And then I've either got to put myself up or I got to drive four hours back. Like, you know, no, now yeah. they're like, Oh, we're going to pay you 300 bucks. Cause it's a headlining set. And we're going to put you up tonight, too, you know, in a hotel. Yeah, I might be like, hey, guys, uh, the old guy who used to do it's got to come back and ring it out tonight because I can't pass that up. Like, that's sure. that's why I'm doing this, yeah. right? Uh, so it's a lot of that, too. And then, I mean, I'm still behind a lot of things. Uh, we talk about, I love the CLE series for... Cleveland Comedy Network, and then, even the one that Joe did, and too. even the one that Joe did, a toast in Cleveland, and I saw. Holy fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys met. I, I, you guys met before, and yeah, we met I multiple times. Well, because no, because I, well, I met you at the uh, at the Odeon for the first night of the Cleveland Comedy Festival. Here. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, and it's not. Well, no, I guess. No, I that did. was the second time. That's yeah. the second time. Yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> the first time there was a lot less. The second time there was way less whiskey. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I guess I didn't really do anything wrong. That was the point of it. But yeah, you yeah. took like you took like three ta- three or four takes. Oh, <laughs> I think start getting shit. Yeah. Oh, I think it was more than that. I think it was like nine. That's why I told Brian, I'm like, man, I was like, I don't know. This might be the last episode I put out because I was like, I might I might knock the other ones out first because I gotta sift through all this. <laughs> this is so much fun because we'd be like, that's good, and then Steve's like, let's do one more. And Joe, because at first you're, you're like, I just want to be a part of this, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. And towards the end, yeah, I can tell you're getting whiskey drunk because you were just like, you weren't being you weren't being mean. You're just like. Oh, I'm fucking drunk. Can we hurry this up? <laughs> <laughs> well, because the whole time, simultaneously, I'm texting my wife, hey, I'm just going to do this thing real quick. I think it's like a three-minute segment. <laughs> and then like three hours goes by, and I'm still not home. Where and are I'm you? I'm getting drunker. <laughs> and then the last text where I was just like, I'm on my way home right now, but I am going to stop at Gago and get some sandwiches. I drove. <laughs> I drove. That's the only time I've ever had to drive you. Yeah. Yeah, well, because usually we're here. If yeah. I drink too much here, I just got to get upstairs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was fun. But it was just like another one. I'm like, all right, so then I have another glass. So, yeah, there was a lot. It was a lot of fun, but I just kept texting you like, no, I swear, I, th- I think we're wrapping up. <laughs> Steve's like, one more take. <laughs> then, I can tell she's, then I can tell she's reading the text, but she's not responding anymore. It got to a point, too, where Joe was so drunk. He was like, what? You did I feel like I'll be more comfortable behind the bar. Oh, yeah, you we did. We should do one more where I'm behind the bar. Shit, I was like, I, that was on me. Yeah, yeah, you, had, what, you had at least one take where you were just like, no, let's change it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm starting. Right. To, now I'm getting into my method acting. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like my backstory is I'm a struggling actor, but I'm also a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> and check out my podcast. Also, I'm on the Guildhand podcast. The Guildhand podcast. <laughs> 
That's yeah. a fun. I mean, I've watched footage and video. I'm like, oh, this is good. A fun episode. All those episodes are fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. How can it not be fun, right? It's but yeah, somebody but, gets drunk well, and talks you, about Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, you were just talking about it though, like 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 what 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 what's one of those segments? Like three minutes when they when they get posted, three, four, five, like ten to fifteen minutes. Okay, okay, yeah. so even more, many episodes. Yeah. So ten to fifteen minutes, but how long and how much editing and work goes into one episode? A lot. So that's way one. more than fifteen minutes. Way yeah. more than fifteen minutes. <laughs> so then factor that, and then that's another. That's another. Not time. Not that it's not time. There's another not time. Like we don't have an hour for that. Just you get yeah. to it when you get to it. Yeah. So you're you're again. That's another thing that you're juggling. You're like, all right, I got maybe like a three hour window here, and maybe I can start editing one of these episodes. Yeah. Or and then this comes up. Or I want to start writing some new jokes. Or I got to start booking for the next you know festival things like that. Like you're. It's just a good luck, man. It's, all a, it's, a, it's, all, <laughs> it's all tough, interesting dynamic, you know, yeah. because we operate as a nonprofit, and um, if people aren't donating money, you know, that's another place where, like, all right, man, we could use sponsors and advertisers. And so the thought process behind coming up with the original YouTube content, and we have so much more that we want to do, we're actually going to start filming 30-minute um, specials for comics. And um, we've got a date booked already in May, May 13th, I think, at... Um, the Alex Cedar downtown at the nine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll have two shows, so we can again get two takes there. But um, you know, the the idea in theory is like, okay, well, I do so much for this organization and pushing it forward, and I know that it can do so much for the entertainment community within Cleveland, but I need to get paid to do it. Well, I need to have something worthwhile for someone to sponsor and put advertising in so i've got to get this content yeah but then the catch 22 is it's not making me money right now and i need money for life right so, yeah <laughs> so and if you're putting out good content that people are paying attention to then the sponsors make sense yeah and then you're you and then you work harder to get more sponsors or yeah. higher paying and so yeah. it's just uh, just uh stuck at a point it's, it was really it's weird to say but when the world was kind of shut down there was a little bit of benefit you could play catch up for me because I could play catch yeah. up on all that, mm -hmm. and uh, now I felt like I was so close to being able to get all this content done, edited, and just release it as I wanted to release it. But it was already done, and then I'll, we could have gotten you know some ads and sponsors. And there's some we've got some episodes out right now that part of me just wants to push harder. Like, all right, hey, uh, both of our shows each have four or five episodes out. We have. Uh, at least five or six more of each one. And uh, so it's like, well, you have 10 opportunities, let's say, to advertise still on these other things if you like those. Uh, and that would be great because then I could have get money coming in to to be able to you know sit down and really edit and do those and sure. everything else too. Uh, it's tough. It's hard to juggle, especially because it doesn't make money. And it's, man, it's a sacrifice. The, the hope is that it's a worthwhile sacrifice in the end, because while I'm working on everybody else's stuff and doing things to help elevate other people, that means that I'm also not booking myself on stand-up gigs. And then, you know, I run a weekly show. Well, now I'm, I run a weekly show. We book a quarterly show down in Worcester, Ohio, and we're going to bring some other shows in. And that's a whole other thing. So now I'm booking those, just like Brian runs into. But I'm booking other people. Not me, and so it's still like, oh man, well, when am I when am I advancing my 
first. Yeah, you, know? yeah. <laughs> you start like yeah. you said. It's, it's the whole thing is juggling, and and it's you know it's you don't want to basically rob Peter to pay Paul, mm-hmm. and you ha- and then you really have to start. Look, you obviously have to turn things down because then you're gonna. You don't want to get to a point where you're taking on so much that nothing gets done. Right. Like, I agree to this. I'm going to do this, this. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I literally don't even. And we've all had that feeling, you know, where yeah. you, you take on too much. And then you you literally like, I don't even know where to fucking start. Yeah. Because I, I have so many obligations. I have deadlines. I have commitments. I got this show is tomorrow. But then I want to get this done. I told everyone I get done this Friday. Then I'm going to do the AIW show Saturday. And then yeah. you're like, but then also I'm bartending. And then I got the game coming. It's just, it's, you, you, like you said, it's, it's that juggling act of you want to make sure that you're advancing in some way that you are, you're going to have to take some gambles, obviously, because no one immediately advances and gets paid on certain ventures. So you're going to have to kind of build it up a little bit with the right. potential that it's going to become either revenue generating or it's going to advance you in some other area. And then, you know, you got to just start weighing your options at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's. It is. It's a, a juggling act is exactly is the best way to do it. It's probably the only way to describe it. And we've got, I mean, I think that the, the shows that we put out on YouTube and the other ideas and concepts that we have, like my, my long-term vision and goal with that is, uh, I mean, we could put stuff on like our Patreon, but I'd like to get some sort of streaming app or service that is the Cleveland Comedy Network and Festival. And we could put stand-up on there. We could put a toast to Cleveland, I Love the Sealy, all these other, and then these other things that are eventually coming down the pipeline that we want to do. And... You know, like, man, I'm like, I want to become this organization, and there's entertainment here, and we're filming sitcoms here that people who have, you know, needed to stay in Cleveland but are super talented, should be in New York or L.A., well, why do they have to miss out? They stayed here because kids or family, whatever the case may be. So, man, we can still make something for those people. And we can make it easier. And I, I mean, I think right now, just starting with those, we've got some really good, fun content. And then it's now figuring out, well, how do I get more people to see this now? Like, I need, because now I need those views to go way up so that now when people, when, yeah, when I go yeah. push for advertising money, uh, hey, here's, here's what I've got. Here's how many people watch this. And then they go, okay, well, that is worthwhile. And then you get a little bit more coin from somebody. And it just it just elevates everything, you know. And what about like partnerships? Like instead of having like a Cleveland comedy, maybe just a Cle, I, I don't know. Like, can someone develop a Cleveland app where everything kind of goes through that? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, that's, yeah. Well, because at the end of the day, it, it, it's like you gotta get the listens, you gotta get the views, you gotta get the eyes on. It. Yeah. And that's the hard part is grabbing that casual person. Yeah. Like you, you talk about like the the uh, uh, the the we talk about the wrestling fan base. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll seek that stuff out. Yeah. But, but take on the other side of that, in my opinion, comedy fans. There's so many different levels of comedy fans. Yeah. Where. I love this comic. I listen to him all the time. I watch all of his specials. I stream it all the time. He's always on my Spotify. I listen when I work, all that. Then there's the, you know, hey, that guy's in town. Hey, we should go see that for sure. Mm -hmm. Then there's a, where do I see a comedy show? And that's probably a majority of the the people. They are comedy fans, but... They don't really think about it until it's in front of them. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, you know what? We haven't been to a show in a while. How do we do that? And I, that's your, I'd be willing to bet that's 80% of the, the, the comedy base. That's so much of it. And, yeah. and, you know, Facebook ads and all that stuff are great. And we have our Cleveland Comedy Festival website. And people can find things there. And we've been having conversations. And we're teaming up with other people that are booking on shows. So I don't have to book shows. But 
we're spreading this brand. And then, you know, the, the goal with things like that, too, are those casual comedy people. Like, Brian's on I Love the CLE, and he's hilarious on it, right? Yeah. And as a comic, it's easier when you get on stage and the audience already knows who you are, and you've got that audience. Yeah. Like, you're going to be funny. If you're not, comedy's just not for you, right? And we can do these shows as a vehicle to help people learn uh, who some other comics and stand-up comics are, yeah. right? So now, man, if I get 10,000 views on this one episode that Brian's on, right, of I Love the CLE, and people are like, oh, I'm going to look up this Brian Sternick guy, and then they see on his Twitter, oh, man, he's on a, he's doing stand-up this week? I, heck, he was funny here. Let me go see him do stand-up. And, and that happens. And then now he's, I've, he's I've pushed done that. and he's elevated, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I've, I've seen comics, and I have followed them after seeing them from one set. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that was a fluke. That was too funny. And I just start following them immediately. And I it's, I actually I, I saw Brian Kenny a couple times because of that. Yeah. I remember seeing him. He came on a couple weeks ago. I remember seeing him probably eight years ago at Hilarities when he was hosting. Sure. And I remembered his name. Cause they were like, because I remember he had the Cleveland hat on. I'm like, he's clearly a Cleveland guy. And I yeah. hear that they grab Cleveland people to he kind of host. He likes mustard and shit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, then like I started seeing his name and then we I started following him. And I was like, hey, you know what? We should go to the show plus. That guy, Brian, the one that we saw that one time. I think I probably, I've seen him probably eight or nine times, mm -hmm. which for me is a lot seeing the yeah. same person eight or nine times outside of like Brian. Yeah, yeah. The other Brian. Yeah. The other Brian. <laughs> Brian with a Y. Well, well we're already starting to, so... Getting back to what Steve said a little bit, so and what you you guys were kind of you guys were talking about it, pretty much promoting each other is what we're pretty much we're doing that word of mouth right now. So so I like I run that Dina show the month first Monday every month. Yeah. Steve runs Not All Saints, which is a part of his Cleveland Comedy Network, which I, is part of the Cleveland I Comedy place, Festival. I just love that. Place, and then I've been yeah. running, and then I've also helped like I've I've booked a couple of the All Saints shows with Steve. You know, I've booked a couple of them. Yeah. And, and like, on my Dina's flyer, I put Cleveland Comedy Fest or Cleveland Comedy Network, uh, Cleveland Comedy Festival. And then I'm also doing the secret shows with David and Jeremy. And we're, we're now, like, we have, we don't have, like, I don't, I don't know, I couldn't describe the working relationship, but we're, we're, it's a mutual thing to where, like, I, like, the secret shows have been going really well. Like, we've had eight straight sold-out shows, maybe nine, and they're weekly at different locations. Yeah. And the comedy festival's been around, what, like, 13 years? Uh, this is year 15. Year 15. 15. November will be the 15th so, festival. And we're, and we're, like, we have a, like, we work together on yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, a little bit, like, n not promoting everything, but we're, we're working towards, hey, we're going to build our thing up. Like Steve's gonna build up. Obviously, the comedy festival is yeah. already built to agree, but every year you gotta rebuild it because it's a yeah. it's a yearly it's a yearly thing. But we're we're building our shit weekly, and he's building his shit. So if people are building themselves up and they're helping other people build up, isn't that what we're all supposed to do? That the, yeah. I think the like, partnership should. That's, that's what yeah. we're and if all the talented people work together, and they don't need to promote every fucking thing or be a yeah. part of everything but knowing hey i'm doing my own thing you're doing your own thing we have our own crews but as long as we're mutually trying to benefit each other and both grow to like if again like what you said earlier like you you want other people to grow but then you also need to grow too yeah so as long as you can you're grow growing and growing. you're helping yeah. other people grow sure. there's nothing wrong you can't say anything wrong about that that's all that's the right that's the right thing that everyone should be doing and you even know steve like there, there's some, there's some people like just within our, our, 
are like what we do like comedy yeah that some people don't some people they act like they're trying to help build you up they're just using and abusing and you don't realize it till you're like oh man i just got a i didn't get like abused but damn they just kind of took advantage of like me helping out and it didn't yeah they're like okay we'll move on now it does yeah coming across that sucks you know when but especially when there's almost zero reason to do that at all ha- happens so much unfortunately it's, yeah and yeah. unfortunately it does and it usually it's like i don't even know why you're doing why yeah. what did like I, I, i'm fortunate for running the cleveland stuff that i also have um you guys had on you guys had kyle on right kyle Hunt yeah mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> the episode just came out today. i know i talked to him today yeah. so kyle <laughs> does the rubber city comedy festival which is a subsidiary of our cleveland comedy right. festival and he's been like my go-to right-hand guy for a couple of years now and you know this was a brainchild that we had discussed and then it was just like all right come in take the ball run with it see how it goes went great last year and do it again and it's nice to have him because that grows us as an or- an organization but i can rely on him like i don't really do that much with the rubber city uh you know it's coming up here in in may uh like fourth through the seventh but kyle does all that stuff. He spearheads it. If he's got a question or wants a suggestion or advice or anything, you know, talks to me. I, I keep up to date on what's going on with it, but I otherwise stay away. And I'm like, man, I love that. And that's what I, that's what I envision ultimately is having people and places to take care of all the stuff. For me, the goal is that this becomes a big organization. Yeah. We've got different branches of it, and I'm just – Kind of sitting at the top, like, all right, here's just guiding yeah. everybody and, and that, everything. That's and the key, like what we were talking about, again, like a juggling. It's a different type of juggling, but it's when you can actually delegate. Yeah. And when you have people that you can rely on, like Kyle. Yeah. You know, but that and that's kind of the, the, the hard thing. You know, like uh, uh, Brian and I have tried, I think I can think of six, like podcasts that I've tried to start. Like with other people, yeah, to kind of build like a network, kind of help each other. They all, I don't want to say failed. They all just kind of just fell off. They didn't care about sure. it as much. They're all straight just, up. They they're, didn't. They're just. They like, didn't really. Yeah, wanna, yeah. We'll probably get together in a week. And they didn't want right, to put cool. the work in. Yeah, and, and I'm like, like, that's not a harmful against them. They just didn't want to do it. Yeah, and I'm just it's like, not a guys, thing. I'm not trying to be a dick, but this isn't terribly hard. <laughs> like, it's. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, I, you know, like the hardest thing for for me is the logistics, the scheduling, mm-hmm. is get, is getting schedules together because usually we have people on like you that don't have normal schedules. Right. Right. You know, like if every everyone that we had on, like whenever we come across someone who runs a business that's open from like eight to five, it's fucking easy because mm-hmm. their weekends are free and their nights are free. We kind of have our pick. But yeah. <laughs> other people, when you're talking about artists or you know, people that own their, like, like Lindsay from Flight, God bless her, I love her to death. She's hard to schedule mm-hmm. because she's running her own place. She's like, yeah, I mean, do you want to do this at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday? And I'm like, no. Not really, yeah. <laughs> but you got to yeah. figure, that, that that's the hardest thing. But at the end of it, I don't know, maybe they just didn't get into it, but ultimately they all kind of felt, and some that I thought were really good ideas, too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of with the same thing, like, I don't want to, I'm not going to control your content. I just want to help. Get you going, and then just go, and then we'll promote each other. It'll be awesome. And yeah, like five episodes in, they're like, ah, I don't know if we're gonna keep doing this because, you know, I mean, I didn't get a sponsor yet. <laughs> no, what am I getting the three hundred dollars for the twenty minute recording? Well, I think that's a big part of it. Is people that, think it's an easy money thing? They're like, oh, I could just be talented. Yeah. I could, I know how to talk. I could just make money right away. And then like, yeah, five episodes hit, and like, yeah, no, this sounds like a waste of time to me right now. We only got twenty listens. I'm like, well, who'd you tell? Like, what do you mean? 
Yeah. Like, did you promote it? Like, well, I mean, I put it online. That's when you know you're doing. That's <laughs> yeah. when you know you're doing a good podcast because if you make again, like stand up, if you make it look so easy. Yeah. Because if you do a good job and you make it look easy, then people people that could do it if they want to put work in, they'll be like, yeah, I could do this, and then they try it, or it takes them a minute to try it because they're scared, and then they either never try it, and they always talk about wanting to do it, or they try it and they go. Yeah, that's not easy. I'm just not going to work. I don't care enough about it to work hard at this. Well, yeah. you guys, you two have probably seen more examples. I mean, how many people churn in and out of of, of comedy that are just like, I'm oh, going to start? Yeah. You've been doing comedy for what, like, how long? Like, uh, like they don't have a special like, in the first six months. and like, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's secondly like 12 years or something. 12 so, years? So he's at yeah. 12. I'm about to be at five. Uh, yeah. I'm not as close to the number as Steve because he's been doing it longer. Um, I but at the same time I ran LVT for two years and I would just see so many people in and out. Yeah. And then you you see someone for two weeks in a row and you don't remember them because they're not funny, and you just you're focused on the show. You don't remember them and they come back five months later to do one show that like, you don't remember me. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. Like I, you know, it's not a you thing. I just see. I see a different people every show, and if you're a new comic, I don't know if you're a new comic that's pursuing this. I don't even know if you're funny because I'm probably not watching your set. Right. And also, I don't even know if you're if you're on the show or if you're just watching. Like I have no fucking clue because that room was just yeah. in and out. You didn't get you'd got like consent like there's like strains to where like you'd get like like you know from like doing the mic like you get like audience members and like some yeah. new comics you get them in in like you don't get them for a year. Like people will show up to the mic. Oh, they liked it one week. They'll show up two more weeks, and then all it takes is one show for them not to like, and you don't see them. That's again. yeah. Then they'll show up in eight months, and then they'll be like, "Yours? Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't been here in a minute." It's yeah. like you. I remember that you hated this. Actually, I actually remember yeah. people when people show up and then leave, and then I remember if they're consistent. I was like, "Oh, you hated this." I'm not gonna say it out loud though. Comedy is the most baffling one because it is the one that so many people think they can do. They see someone do it like, "I'm pretty funny." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, only I at a good this. show. Yeah. If you if it's a, if you've seen people say to bad shows though right Steve where someone's it's a bad show and they're like oh, I could do five minutes and you're like you're a fucking crazy person. oh yeah it's it's difficult it's uh it's super crazy I mean you, yeah you see all sorts of people go in and out and you also see people who only will do an open mic or open mics and man it's like you've been you've been at the same mic you go every single week for the last three years and you're still doing the same jokes dude like. Yeah. Maybe the same for you. It's now. a lot. When I first started, I because I felt like no one gave a fuck. I, I wasn't funny, um, but I was like, man, like I thought it was all everyone was all friends. <clears throat> you know, the idea was yeah. every, everyone did comedy that when you see them talking to each other, they're all best friends. Yeah. It's a club you want to get in, right? And then, well, also I love doing stand up and everyone's friends. Like this is cool. I can just make friends. I don't want to make friends, but it can happen. And the longer I did it, I'd be like, okay, no, these people that are talking aren't really friends. They actually probably hate each other. <laughs> they're just talking because they're doing the same thing, and yeah. they've been doing comedy. Like once you once you know, like you've known people that you're not close with for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. you've known, and I've known people for five years that I was like, I'm not close friends with them. I've known them. For five years, though, yeah, and yeah. you and if everyone's kind of in this community, so you do hear the rumbling. Like any anytime someone goes through something personal, like you do hear a little rumor about it. So even if you're not friends with that person, you still kind of know what's going on in their life, and you're like, okay, I do comedy with them. It's it's a relatable thing. So like, okay, I've been through something not similar, but I've I've been through my hardships. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's 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 a weird fucking. It, it was a huge boys club. Now, thank God, like, there are, there's way more women doing it now, yeah. I think, in Cleveland than there were 
Um, oh, as of like, two years before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, definitely way more right now. Yeah, yeah. Good. Just in the short, I mean, I've only lived in Cleveland seven years. I mean, just in the time that I've lived here, I see way more women now. Yeah, uh, just doing good. comedy. And I'm seeing more, and it's like like Tanea Timmons. I'm seeing her name a lot now. Yeah, you know, she did a show with us like two years ago at Funkin' Ship, and. I don't know how long she's been doing comedy, but she Probably was really like funny. Six months or something. And, then, and now I'm seeing her all over the place. I, that's awesome. You know, I'm seeing people, people like her all the time. Yeah. A, a comic just reached out to me today. I forgot her name, so I really wish I hadn't just brought this up. Uh, <laughs> but she reached out to me today. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that is very similar to comedy is is almost exclusively what you do, which is trying to build things up kind of from scratch and turn that into something. Yeah. That's another thing where I, I don't know why. I think in the last year, in the last calendar year, I think I've had three separate people that I know tell me they wanted to start a festival. Two mu- <laughs> A music or comedy um, festival? Two were music festivals. The other one was like a, an arts and crafts festival. And I'm just Buy like... Buy your fest, my guy. I'm like, I don't... Like, that's awesome, man. I really... I really, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I, I really hope you you do that. But I don't think you realize what goes into that, man. Like you're chaos. talking about, oh man, that is so difficult. All of those are so difficult. Oh, it's, I mean, it's so much work. Yeah, um, I enjoy doing them all, or else I wouldn't do them. Still, you know. Sure. Um, the festival, you know, I took over from the guys who founded it like two of the founders stayed on for a little bit and then one stayed on for a couple more years and um and I took it over from him at the end of 2019 but I was working with him on it for the uh, two years or so before that and I've been helping out in general with the festival since like 2011 or something 2012 so uh you know seeds were in place but it is it's a whole different thing because we were at Playhouse Square for 10 years and there was like a contract it's like okay here it's going to be here Blah, blah, and they're gonna handle marketing and stuff. It's gonna be a lot easier. And thank goodness now, uh, because of AIW, I have this relationship with the Odeon, and mm. that's why we had the festival there last year, and we're going back there again this year. So I already have a venue in place, which is great. So now I know the venue, I know the dates, and now I'm already here in April. We're you know we're working on trying to figure out and finalize headliners and stuff and then mail hit and we'll start taking submissions because we haven't been doing that for the last couple of years. And you want to talk about time constraint, like time uh, consuming. You're telling people send five to seven minute videos to you. Submit for this festival. The last time we did submissions was 2019, I guess. I think we had 250 submissions and I'm going to watch them all. I yeah. have to watch them all. We grade them out. And, uh, you know, we have a, a panel of people that do it, but you, you have to watch. If I don't, people are like, oh, do you just watch the 30 sec- first 30 seconds? And if they're not funny, you know, do you t- turn it off or whatever? No. I mean, I wait. You, if you don't grab my attention within that first 30 seconds to a minute, we are going to give you another chance. you'll yeah. get some bad you're, ones. But you're working your way. But you're 12 years mm-hmm. in, too, so it's not even necessarily even just – you're not really just looking at the joke itself. You're looking at delivery, their comfort level, yeah. the cadence in which they're speaking. Well, comedy's so subjective. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. Like, okay, yeah. hey, man, maybe I didn't think that joke was funny, but you know what? This whole – they did that in a packed room, and that whole crowd was losing their mind at exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. So it is funny. Not to me necessarily, but generally speaking – it's funny. This person, you know, it grabbed the room. I like that good. you said that because there are, there's a few people, like, I, I have two, multiple people in mind where if, like, let's say they book shows 
if they don't find you funny personally, you're not getting on. But I'm like, I disagree because I'm again what you said. Even if I don't find them that funny, if the audience is laughing, I'm like they are funny. Yeah. And you got you separate your laugh from an audience laugh because it's not the same thing. No. Comedians laughing and comedians laughing and audience members laughing is not the same. No. How many times have you killed and no comedians laugh, but then you see someone eating a dick and comedians are loving it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it happens, especially in, in Cleveland. It happens all the time. I'll see someone eating a dick and comics just eat it up. They'll be like, ha, ha, ha. Dude, that was funny. The audience didn't get it. I mean, <laughs> I've, seen comics, like, get it. I've seen comics booking shows and, and, and doing rooms together, and it's just because and the only people they put on there are each other because they make each other yeah. laugh, and they do some cringeworthy stuff, and it's like, they don't understand why people aren't coming to the show. It's like, well, because you're making your jokes just for each other and not for a collective audience that, you know, doesn't like what you're doing or yep. your stuff isn't funny. Like, you're just trying to, you know, pop each other and and that's it. Whereas, like, yeah, I can, I mean, I've definitely done shows where, uh, yeah, like, I've crushed a, a huge audience and, you know, I can look in the back and, they're comics who aren't necessarily laughing at what I'm doing, and they think I'm, or like whatever, like oh, you should do some darker stuff or edgier stuff, and because that's what I do, and like, all right, well, this crowd obviously loved what I just, yeah. what I did. You're not so. doing it for the comics; you're doing it for the audience. And there's there's the a mix. Audience. So you do it for sometimes, like, I don't know if that's wrong. Sometimes I would like if I see like a really funny comic. That's usually when the set doesn't go as well as I thought it would because like. Like my like Mike had for example the funniest one of the funniest dudes yeah. in this city. Every time I perform with him, a little because he's so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, every time I perform with him, I get in my head because the first time I performed with him, it didn't go well, and now I'm just like, okay, no, it's <laughs> gonna go well. And it every any time I'm on a show with Mike, I was like, Mike's gonna fucking murder. I'm probably I'm, I can't get in my own head. But like again, like there are some comics like that you try like you're like, okay, I want them to see me do good. But yeah. then there's a lot of comics that, you know, I, I don't care about, I don't care about most comics opinions, mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe it sounds shitty. I do care about some of them that like not matter, but like, you know, like someone I could work, someone I'm going to work with or something. I'm not yeah. like, yeah. I'm not focused on, oh, I need to make these open micers laugh. And right. That's going to help me out, you know? And I, that's not even a selfish thing. It's just like a realistic thing about like, it's a, it's the part of the job, but I'm trying to make the audience laugh first and foremost. If the if the one comic I'm trying to make laugh is the only guy laughing, didn't do a good job. Yeah. If the audience is laughing, and the comic that I want to make laugh, if they didn't laugh, or the audience laughed, and he went good set, I'm like, okay, then you res that's the, that's what I would do. Like you respect someone killing, even if you don't find it funny, you're like the audience finds it funny. I know what you're doing. Good job. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of pro yeah. a lot of like comics will do that shit like well like you said like well, good good it, comics notice that shit it's like some comics don't realize it yet you it know is. it's i mean there's subjective. just different styles you know jim gaffigan and anthony justin could not be more different in terms of i mean content yeah but i think i find they're both they may not think each other are funny but that doesn't mean either one of them are funny. funny but i think they're both funny yeah, yeah. you know and, and ultimately it sucks, but maybe I'm the one in the room that is, has the most important opinion since I'm the paying customer. I don't know. Yeah, you know, really all. like what you yeah. said. Like you know, it's like if you're talking if you're talking to a room full of people, 50 people, they're laughing at what you say, and a guy in the back's not laughing, and he comes up to you, he's like, I didn't think that was funny. He's like, Cool, you didn't pay. Yeah, and you know what? The Booker's probably looking at that too. He's like, I don't care what that guy thinks. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think I don't care if I think that guy's funny. I care that the people that paid to be here think he's funny and may come back to see him be funny again. There is a reason why you see this boom in 
uh, comedy clubs of them booking TikTok kids and YouTubers because they know that they're going to draw a crowd and they're going to sell. And a lot of club owners would be like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah. But I know that they're going to bring in people. You know what I do like? Heat, food. (laughs) (laughs) I like being able to pay for the rent. Can I I just say, you brought it up, I love it when I have friends. That like don't obviously don't do comedy, and they're like, oh yeah, the one my one buddy John, he's like, man, dude, are you gonna be at Hilarities this weekend? I was like, no, why? He goes, dude, Trevor Wallace is doing an hour. I'm so pumped, <laughs> and I just was I nothing against Trevor Wallace. I've never seen his stand up. Yeah, I just know him on like he's very funny. Mm-hmm. His his videos are so fucking funny. Oh, okay, I didn't know who he was. Trevor yeah. Wallace. He's he's a uh, he's a. Uh, He's he does like he's come out like a saw dude. Oh, like he's like one of those dudes. It seems like. Oh wait, I know that dude. His yeah. videos are funny. They're funny as fuck. But then I was like, I I already knew because I was like, if you don't do stand up a lot, even if you're the funniest person, it's probably not going to go as well as you think it will because you don't know the art form of stand up. Yeah. And then afterwards, I call him. He's like, how was the show? He goes, ah, he wasn't as funny as I thought. And I was like, because oh, he doesn't do stand up too much. He's just you, you. When you move out, when you when you go from TikTok videos and then you do a tour, you're gonna make money and yeah. you're gonna travel. However, it's not gonna be. It's a short. I I believe it's a short term thing because you're not. You're gonna do a tour and you're gonna be like, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. I'm gonna. I need to practice it. But then if you don't practice it, then you're not gonna do it. But yeah, but when, you, when you're watching that shit from the the audience. It looks like so much fun. You're like, you just go up there, talk, make people laugh. I made people laugh at work earlier today. How hard can this be? Yeah. I, I do. It's just, it's a, and it's probably, it's the delusion I understand. Like, if someone is, is at an MMA match and they're like, I could do this, that I just like, you just probably already have brain trauma. But right. and I can't, I can't grasp why someone would think that would be something so easy to do. I do understand why people think. Comedy is easy to do. I, I'm not saying yeah. that it's right. I do. I understand where oh, that, understand that, where that, that thought, thought comes process from. comes from. I yeah. understand where that comes from because it's just such a laid back. When you see somebody that's on stage that's funny and it's casual and it's just like, I can't believe that that guy is getting paid to do this. It's, it's just it's such a fun, intoxicating thing that pulls you in and yeah. you're like, I would love if that was what I was doing. And then you think about that one time that you made your mom laugh and you're like, but that's actually why I can't do comedy because I mean, all my all my jokes would be geared toward. So me and my friend Mike, no one knows who fucking Mike is. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, it. Like, yeah. I, I have a friend who's on uh, local radio on the sports channel here, and he's always loved comedy. And I'll see him, and you know he is amusing and funny on the radio, but he'll be like, he would just say, man, I can't believe you do stand-up comedy. He goes, it's something else. It's so tough. And he tried to host a couple shows like years ago. He was at the improv or something they just wanted him to host it for something they were doing and he's like i sucked he's like i can i can talk for hours on air yep and i know that people are tuning in he's like but i was awful he's like i will never try to do stand-up comedy (laughs) and he's like i cannot tell you how uh much you know i like uh, how envious i am of you and and you know, you know, just it was like super nice about it and, and great. And he's like, man, because I respect you so hard for being able to do it, and you, you know, you actually get people laughing. Yeah. And like you do it, I'm like, yeah, dude, it's it's not easy. I tell people all the time, like, all right, cool, you're funny in conversation, but stand up is a one sided conversation. Uh, I mean, you can yeah. do some crowd work, but for the most part, like it's it's just you 
talking the entire time. Yeah. So like when you're funny in a conversation, you're funny off of something that somebody did or, hey, we're hanging out and, you know, you just said something funny. Now I'm going to elevate it and make it even funnier or it's a story. It's a story that, you know, when you're with your friends and you're the funniest one of your friends and it's like five of you hanging out, but you tell the inside jokes that you all have yeah. the funniest, right? Well, now try getting 300 people in that room to all feel like they're in on an inside joke. Yeah. And, 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 and also get used to saying the same joke over and over again and figure out how that joke works. Yeah. Or even getting it. used to find, or, or finding out that, you know, one little tweak at the end of that joke made it funnier. Like, that, that's the part for me. Yeah. That I'm just like, because I, I, don't, I don't even remember the comic or what the example that he gave was, but he told the same joke twice. And I laughed harder the second time when he changed his delivery and his punchline. And he was like, that's a factor. That, that, that's something that people don't consider. And it was even more impressive because I laughed at the second delivery and I'd already heard the joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but just the way he did it the first time, he's like, he changed the punchline a little bit and the way that he said it. And I was like, oh, no. And then he did the second time. And I'm like, my God, I laughed. That's how much that matters because I even heard it. I knew what was coming, mm-hmm. but he changed the way that he did it and cha- tweaked the end a little bit. And I laughed at it. I'm like, like shit like that. I'm like, that's... Well, you need. I, I had to learn how to write a fucking joke because I was the funny dude in conversation. I was like Snapchat famous in college, and I would just go to fucking colleges, and I had like, a, like not, not famous, but like locally, like I'd go to Kent State, Akron, mm-hmm. OU, Ohio University, and I knew people not personally. I would meet them at the sh- at the colleges. I would film them in a Snapchat, and they'd be like, I'd show it to them. They'd be like, dude, that's so funny. I was like, yeah, I'm putting that up. Follow me on Snapchat. And then I would go back to those colleges, and I would meet my friends up, and then we'd go out, and I'd go to the parties. They'd be like, yo, what's Brian? I would do ridiculous things. Yeah. And I, but I didn't know how to write a joke because I always knew I was funny. But then I was like, okay, I yeah. want to do stand up, but I know it's different. Yeah. It took me a couple years to figure out jokes, and then I, I it was like you know the moment where it kind of clicks. You're like, okay, I can be funny on stage because it, it's a minute to where it's like some people get lucky, some people do it right away, and they get they get good at it. Other people gotta. I had to work harder on like writing jokes. Yeah. But and and someone told me this. I forgot who. I think it might have been Jeremy Shear. Um, I was at like uh, uh, what was that? What was that room for the that you guys used to do? But drunk in Cleveland, on in in uh, oh, Denison? Saxonheim. Saxonheim, the hall. So we were all taught. We were all like had this like little writing thing because I was a new comic and Jeremy's always Jeremy Shear's always been good at like if he sees someone that's new and he can tell they're funny he'll like help them with a couple like punchlines like how to figure yeah. out a punchline and I think he told me he goes yeah Brian this is a funny joke but you it's worded terribly I was like what do you mean he goes the start of your premise is actually the punchline so if you take the, you, I would start writing jokes backwards on, and I would do them and they wouldn't work. I was like, that's funny. And he's like, well, no, what you started off with, if you didn't say that, said the rest, and then ended with what you started off with, then that's your punchline. I was like, oh, so I'm not an idiot. I just was disorganized. I mean, like, like, like normal people can't grasp that. They, 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 they just can't. Like try explaining yeah. that to 95% of the population. Well, They're like, what are you talking a, about? A, someone won't get it. B, yeah. someone will get offended. Like Steve, we had a moment to where I did the fa- I did uh, your room. I was like, this was like three years ago, almost three years ago. It was at the pinball place. Okay, so and, yeah. and I and we had like it was a bad it, like it, the audience was not give a fuck about anybody. Yeah. But I got really negative. I started doing all my dark jokes. And no one liked it. And and then I got them. I did this the Blink One Eighty Two joke that I like just wrote and everyone loved it. But I was like in my head, I was like. 
just like being a newbie, I was like, man, I'm funnier than that fucking positive shit. And I just kept doing dark jokes. And after you and John or somebody, it was right before when I started Dina's. Yeah, it was like, no, it was 2018. Yeah, it was like late 2018. And you, you straight up said, it hurt my feelings at the time. But looking back, I was like, I needed that. You were like, hey, dude, you, you were too fucking dark. You should not be dark. You're more of a positive person. Don't be dark. Those dark jokes are bad. And I was in love with the dark jokes. I'm like, man, fuck this. Steve's cool, but he said something hurt my feelings. <laughs> and then, like, I stopped. And then, you know, I just went lighter and lighter. I don't know if I've ever told you that. No, it, but it's, but it's I, not who you are. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's also, like, the positive stuff that even I've caught myself saying things to new comics. Yeah. I'm like, hey, no, you're funny. I can tell you're funny. Like, I went through this. I've gone through this. Yeah. And, like, you just got to change something, and you will hurt people's feelings. And then it's but then it's the amount of who do you say yeah. it to, how do you say it, are you even going to say it? Yeah. Because some people can't handle that. It's, it's, it's and I hard, couldn't handle it at the time, and I look back, thing, like, that was great advice. Yeah. It's and it a hard helps. thing to hear in any environment. Whether Not even stand-up. Whether you're at work. Relate, yeah, for like, sure. people, It's hard for people to hear that they did something wrong. Some people will handle it a lot differently. Some will handle it easier. But it's still, it doesn't feel good. And then... Throw in at something that you really like or really want to do, yeah. and then someone's like, "Hey, you're that was kind of dog shit," like in a nicer way. Or yeah. I don't know. I've seen the way you guys talk to each other. Like probably that. I way. try not to say <laughs> if I if I feel like they're gonna get their feelings hurt, you try to tough. word it properly. But that, that's it's 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 hard to kind of to, to to relay that to somebody in anything, work, music, anything like that. If you're like, that's not working. Yeah, and I, like I'm you don't also, know anything. I'm also the person though, or like if if I don't like you. I would have said anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's. If that's... I don't really like someone, you can't say anything because then you're just an asshole. Yeah. You... But if you like them, you're like, hey, I just want to give you good advice because I. That's what I. Because we were. I was just. That was almost four years ago, so I was yeah. probably a year and a half in. Yeah. And we, I, we weren't like good friends. We become friends in the last, I would say, probably a year after that, probably right before COVID. Yeah. Right. Like the last six months before COVID, probably like a year after that, we started becoming really good friends, but. It was, yeah, it was even a thing to where I was like, okay. And then afterwards, like, oh, no, Steve gave me great advice. And other people will kind of give you fake. Some people just fake hype you up. Yeah. Like, I've heard that shit. Someone's some like, oh, no, dude, you're so funny. Keep mm. doing what you're doing. And you keep doing it, and you fail. And you're like, then you realize, like, later, you're like, oh, no, that person was just fucking trying to fucking blow up my ass or some shit. Yeah, or they weren't just, they weren't even paying attention. It didn't matter. No, they just didn't know? care. They 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 also were being they were being a bigger asshole cuz they were just straight up lying to you just so you they end the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I I've I'm not the king of unsolicited advice when it comes to comedy, but I I dish it out and sometimes people don't want it and I I've gotten better at like as I start saying it, I immediately stop and I was like I apologize. This is totally unsolicited. You didn't it's not like you asked me for any advice and They'll be like, no, please continue. Those like, are the good. Okay. Pe- those are the good people because other people just stare at you. They're like, yeah, they just look at it's you. Like, okay, whatever. But, and they zone out like a kid that got in trouble. But as someone that runs all the things that I do, you know, I try to pay attention and offer advice because also what's working in my brain is, do I see someone here that in the future I can delegate and they can do these things? Because if uh, and, and this will happen during the course of this year. We're going to end up running a lot of different rooms and stretching out into suburbs and stuff. And there's going to be no way that I could be at all that stuff all the time. I don't want to host every single show, and nor can I host every single show. Yeah. So, like, when I'm watching comics, I'm paying attention, and it's in my brain, like, okay, well, is this someone that I can then entrust with, an audience because that that's a huge thing people don't realize a lot of people 
you know, will uh, kind of shoot down the concept of, of hosting a show or emceeing and not realize that there is, there is something real to be said about somebody that is a very good host. And people don't get that. Yeah. Some people just see it as the stepping stone, but also like, like I host a lot of different. I think we're both things. very good hosts. We're probably yeah. two of the best hosts. You, uh, and you and Squire talked a little bit about that too, about the because you had mentioned that that some people see it as a stepping stone, and that is true. Yeah. Like for me, when I would go to shows, especially early on before I met any comics or was doing this, I just thought like, oh, the host, that's the least funny guy in the room because he's first. Like that's the way that right. most people view it that way. And at times that is the case. Yeah. Or they're the newest one. Yeah. But there are certain shows that you go to if they're not in your traditional host feature uh, headliner format where like the host man needs to be really good at keeping the energy going and, and doing different things. And they've got to be the one who also like when you're – Let's say you're running a show with with four to six comics on it. That host has to be in tune, more in tune with the audience than anybody else. Yeah, it's important that they get everything started right, and then also communicate things to everybody else that's on the show. Right, like, yeah. hey guys, here's what they're feeling and whatever. And because as the host, the side that you're supposed to be on is the audiences, right? So because you're you're hosting them, right? You're you're a host. Hey guys, here's all this for them. Again, always comes back to the audience, and so I need to find people that I can entrust an audience with. Like I could give, I I could not be at one of my shows. Be like Brian, I need you. Can you go run this show? Can you go there and host it? Yep. Mickey Genosi is a guy I could plug. Mm-hmm. Mickey, here you go. Uh, you know, so I need to be able to do that because. Again, I'm not going to be able to. But if I just throw somebody there, and then, you know, there's like, oh, hey, everybody, and blah, blah, and don't engage the audience whatsoever, you know, do shitty jokes that aren't going to work, and, you know, just make it a horrible time. It's like, well, now I've lost that room. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's worth, but because I do all those things, when I'm giving you advice or I'm listening, I'm... It's an investment. I'm investing my time into your growth because presumably it's going to help the growth of, again, going back to you know full circle with everything we were talking about before, it's going to help the growth of all the other stuff that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And help everybody out. Yeah. Well, I need to bring up, I need to bring up the, this is the perfect idea of what you said a little bit, Joe, is, and what Steve was talking about, is the host, there is a truth to where sometimes the hosting set doesn't matter. Sometimes oh, sure. your set doesn't like if if you do a really good hosting set like I had a good hosting set last night I tapped myself on the back I was like I fucking killed that shit and I opened up um, but then I want to bring back to also you if you have a terrible set as a host and you're still a good host which happened when I hosted <laughs> what show was that you just brought it up I forgot the name of the it was at Meatheads in Worcester at, at Meatheads in Worcester I had I had maybe three laughs. In my set, and it we is sold out. Tickets for like twenty five dollars. They did they did not like my set at all, and you could tell I didn't like it either a little bit. But I didn't. I played it cool, and the audience was still fine. I just didn't connect with them as a as a, as opening up, because I also this was the first show. I didn't even like we were figure. I figured I had to figure out this room, and I even told it was yeah, me. We never done anything there. It was me, then Tanea, then Spider, Spider, then you. Yeah. And I remember I straight up told Tanea right before, I was like, I don't even know this fucking room. I'm going to have to figure this out. You'll probably be fine. And she started laughing. She goes, yeah. And I fucking, I bombed. 
And then Tanea went up, and then Tanea did well, and then I got off, and then and then she got off. I was like, everyone keep going for Tanea. And then the hosting kicked in. Yeah. Then it was just it was fine. And then Spider had a good set, and then Steve had a good set. Steve got a free fucking shirt. Or you got a free fucking sweater. Got a free shirt, free hat, dude. We end up we get they oh, they they that's got a, a great night no matter today, where you are. Today I got free steak. Today I got free steak. What? Shit. I got free booze the whole night. They they, they got us fucked up. We stayed in a hotel. We had to stay oh, in a hotel nice. in Worcester, Ohio. <laughs> and they straight up told me, and they told Steve too. Like they they they're like yeah. They told the one person like you weren't funny on stage, but hosting you were incredible. And I was like, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, he's like, yeah, your jokes weren't that great, but we really like you. So they're told Brian. And he's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, you, dude, you got you got free weed outside. Some guy was like, here, man. Oh, yeah, smoke, I did. Yeah. Smoke with somebody outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't oh, even this smoke This night weed. just keeps getting better. First free we hats, got, free weed, free yeah. steak. We got fucked. We got, we got breakfast in the morning. No, we didn't get No, we did get we, breakfast we, in the We morning. ate at the hotel breakfast. Yeah, yeah me and him made the hotel breakfast. Because <laughs> Spider fucking dipped. And we all got we all got fucked. They fucked us up. They did. It was, uh, we're sitting here. Um, doing a shot with Brian and Spider that somebody bought us. And right before we take it, I just look at them and go, do you guys want to get a hotel room in Worcester, Ohio? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> That's a hike, man. It's like an hour yeah. If you're a little away. iffy, that is a hike. Right. So, yeah, we got ourselves a room and it was in walking distance from the from the spot. Good move. And then the way, the way back was funny, too, because I left and I ran out. I was running out of gas. So we had, I had to drop in Strongsville and... My girlfriend came and she like paid for my gas because I was like we didn't, I didn't get paid yet and I was like I I bring my credit card I don't know <laughs> I was expecting free shit and I did get it uh, and then she paid for my gas and then I talked to you and but we we're all in a group chat yeah we're all because I was chat. hungover as shit too we, we all like were. I was about to I I I was about to puke but I was like I don't think I need to and in the group chat you and spider spider like showed up to work an hour late or something yeah. and you guys all, you guys all puked you yeah, puked today too today I puked too she said she she puked at work or something oh. she was hung over <laughs> i was i had not even hit the i was getting ready to hit the freeway and i pulled over to some into some park and i was just like yep gonna go right over here and there's like soccer fields I'm like thank god there aren't any kids playing soccer right now i just went right just right in an open field i was like <laughs> the field of dreams yeah. crush dreams that, was, sure. that show was fucking fun i remember i was like like lexi was like how'd the show go i was like it was a good show i don't yeah. really i don't care how i did but they liked me it's a great i mean it's a great place and uh and you still do it. Yeah, the people there are, are a lot of fun and, and super nice. Uh, yeah, Meatheads. Meatheads Union is what it's called down in Worcester. And uh, food's good. They, they give us Now they give us food. We get we go there and we got little charcuterie boards they got ready for us. <laughs> Fancy. In the little back, there was a little back room because it was like a long, narrow room. It's this long bar. And then there's the stage and then there's bathrooms. And at the end, they put this little table. And then we were just sitting in a, I don't Where know. Where we were, yeah. Yeah, we'd sit in a corner, like, way behind the stage. Mm. And, yeah, and we're just, I'm slowly starting to get drunk. Because I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know how to handle this show. I don't <laughs> I don't get the, it's very small town. They were they were great, too. They were awesome to hang out with. Oh, we, we sold stuff. So, like, I have my book. And I'll take it with me when I headline shows. And I'm like, well, maybe I could sell some of these copies. I don't care what people want to give me. Whatever. I think I sold 10 books that night. Really? Which at the time was like a record for me. I was like 10 or 12 books and an audience of like 40 to 50 people. And I was like, that's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> at least yeah. 20% of the audience. You know, like and everybody a book. gave me like strong readers in Worcester. Good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy read. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of it, people gave me like at least 
10 bucks. I was like, oh, shit, I made some money here. And then, like, Spider had something dumb he was selling. Like and then, posters, I think, or some shit. Yeah, his own posters. But well, then what happened was that they had posters of us all over the the bar because they were advertising. It's the first time they ever did it. And all of our faces are on it. And people were taking the posters down and were paying us to autograph the yeah. posters. Really? <laughs> like, holy shit. That's yeah, awesome. dude. So we were like... Man, we were hot celebrities yeah, we for paid. one night. I got there, fucked dude. up that night too. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then we, me and Steve, signed a, an old woman's titties. Oh yeah, we did that too. The same titty, or did you each take your own titty? Different. Uh, no, it's not like above the chest. Like uh, she had big. She had some. They're uh, large. Old, yeah. old women, not big knockers. Nice. Good yeah. For her. Good for yeah. Her, she could fucking kill somebody if she Steak put them together. And weed and titties. Good for you guys. Uh, yeah. We yeah. Got, we still got the picture. I'll, we'll put the picture for the promo. Yeah. Of this episode on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put, put something over her face so she doesn't get up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because oh, she's like, you want to sign my titty? I was like, yeah. I was like, because I remember she, I, she asked me to sign the titty and I was like, do you want do you want Steve to sign it? She goes, absolutely. I was like, Steve, get over here. Sign this titty. And Steve's like, okay. <laughs> We're all drunk. Very rare titties. to someone like, no, thank you. Yeah. I would do that now in front of my parent, my mom. Yeah. If like, someone's like, will you sign my titty? I'm like, yeah, I will. I think I have, <laughs> I think I have video of it on my phone. I think you do. Yeah, yeah. Video. Uh, yeah, great time. <laughs> hey, I, I want to bring up Brett Thomas real quick because speaking of signing titties, we did this show. Me and Brett did this show on the east side, like probably right before the pandemic. And it was a it was a good room. It was like a little looked like a like a country bar, uh-huh. uh, like in like Willoughby or so, like around that area. And it was a really good show, but the show went like three hours. So you're watching audience members leave. Yeah, it's a long because time. it's just so long. And me and Brett are on at the end, and he's like, "Who wants to go?" I was like, "I'll go up before Brett. It's fine." I had a good set, but like the because there was like 40, 50, probably sixty people in there. But then it dwindled down to like 25, yeah. 20. But I still got them, and then Brett got them, and then after the show, there's this like uh, I want to say like a like a fifty year old transgender woman, and she whipped out. She's like, hey, she's like, hey, Brett, do you want to sign my titties? And she was like as tall as me, mm-hmm. and she had some big, she had some big, she had some big boobies too. And Brett's like, yeah. I'll sign him. <laughs> and I have a video of Brett signing him. And, and she's just like, you see, like, the... I'm giving the visual. Like, her, like, she's watching him sign it. So her head's, like, her chin's, like, touching, like, the her, like, her throat. And she's just staring at it. And Brett's just, like, smiling really hard. He's like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> she's like, thank you. And then I got to pay. I just... I love it. I That's the first time I've ever seen someone sign titties. And I was like, I'm never going to... I'm never going to happen. I'm never going to sign that silicone. And then we did it in Worcester. Yeah, a couple... A pair of big natties too. No silicone there, <laughs> big pal. <natties>. Sixty hoggers. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe it'll be a good summer, like a titty summer. Uh, yeah. Funny bus will really take off. You start signing some more cans there too. Yeah, it'll be good. Some woman did whip her titties out on the bus at the end of last year. She go. said she was the owner of the Twenty Seven Club. Oh. <laughs> and then, but then, but so so was it Megan Fox, dude? No, it was not Megan Fox. It was some like forty. It was some forty-year-old woman. She was she was she was pretty, but she was fucking drunk. And we were dropping we were dropping these old women off. They're like, yeah, a couple of our friends are at this bar. Can we just drop them around the corner, like from Collision Bend to, uh, 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 like the other bar down uh, Punchbowl. Oh. So so we were gonna do a loop, and then a woman comes on, and I'm like. I'm like, oh, hey, you're one of the friends? She's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, how's your night going? She goes, going pretty good. You're pretty cute. I was like, thanks. And she's sitting there, like, across from me on the bus. And then she just pulls her titties, like, out of her shirt, and they just dangle. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she goes, <laughs> you like what you see? And I was like, I, I don't. I, 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 your, your body, your, your, your choice. I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting there awkwardly. I'm, like, kind of weird because I'm at work. 
and I'm like telling her, if you could put those back, she goes, no, I'm gonna leave them out. I'm like, okay. And I'm turning around, and the bus driver, she goes, oh my god, put those back in. <laughs> and then we're fig and then all the old women come on, and they see the titties out. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just sitting there. I, was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then I'm like, oh yeah, so you're friends with them? And she goes, I don't know any of these people. And I was just like, looked at the bus driver. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> and we're like, everyone, the old women start laughing, and I start playing like Dancing Queen or something. And I'm, the old woman's jig the the not the old woman, the forty year old woman with her boobs out starts jiggling him. I was like, oh no. And I turned off the music. I was like, where do we need to drop you off? Because I'm not trying to get fucking in any trouble. I'm just literally sitting here and you're whipping out your titties. And she goes, oh, I own the 27 Club coffee. And I was like, okay, sure. So we drop her off at 27 Club. And we're, we're assuming that she lives in like the apartments or something. And then the bus driver's about to leave. I was like, no, let's stop. Let's see if she actually gets into the 27 Club. And then she walked. She opened the door and then walked in. And I was like, okay, I guess that's the owner of 27 Club. <laughs> I thought MGK was the owner of 27 Club. I don't, he is an owner. An oh, animal. he's a. Pop. She might have been a manager or some shit, but okay. Yeah, I had no other story. I just saw titties. No, that's okay. I'd rather not talk about the Twenty Seven Club either. <laughs> I hate that place. You love it. <laughs> You've been there so many times. Well, I've been there one time. It was one too many. It was stupid. I hated it. You paid fifteen dollars for a mocha frap. Oh my god! It was like fifty dollars for like two coffees and two egg sandwiches. Oh my god! I've never felt like such an asshole. <laughs> Let's go to the Twenty Seven Club later, Steve. <laughs> the, uh, they're I don't know if you consider he's a chef or cook or kitchen manager or what, but he comes into Flatiron all the time. Yeah, I get him drinks and then uh, yeah, I used to live in that building. Twenty Seven Club? Uh, not in the Twenty Seven Club, but the Archer Apartments. <laughs> uh, never had the Amy Winehouse drink. <laughs> I used to, still my I used to work. Thing. I used to work for the company that owned that building. No shit. Ago. Yeah. You still live around Twenty Seven Club. I still live around. And now you're thirty eight. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Staying alive. <laughs> Made it past. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats, Congrats on it. making it the leap. Yeah. Twenty Seven. <laughs> so you're already booking or starting to book for, uh, or at least starting to start to book for the, the this year's festival. Right? Yeah. Okay. We're on it. So where where can I? I want to make sure everybody knows, like, where can we find all your stuff, the AIW stuff, the, the Cleveland Comedy Fest stuff? Uh, Cleveland Comedy Festival, easy to go, clevelandcomedyfestival.com. Follow on social media, at CLE Comedy Fest. All the social media is under that. Um, AIW, at AI Wrestling, on everything social media-wise. Uh, tons of shows coming up throughout the rest of the year for them. At least one a month. There are a couple months where we'll have two a month. Um, we do some shows down in Akron as well. Uh, so, be there, and myself just go like the Steve guy on Twitter or the guy Steve on Instagram. I gotta update my website, thestevegad.com. <laughs> I gotta, I have it. I just gotta up, update it. Uh, you know, one of those other things I gotta do about my own life. Another, is, yeah. What, what's one more task that you have to get done? One more task, yeah. man, and try to do more on social media and uh, trying to. I'm trying to set little mini social media goals. That's, that's the hardest part about being in entertainment now. It's like staying on top and track of that. I and, reached my one and only social media goal. We have a thousand followers on Instagram. That's all I ever wanted. Nice. I'm not going to look at it again. Yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is an accomplishment for me. Yeah, mine's more about content creation. So like, my goal this year, once a month, my favorite thing to do on Twitter are um, I do these things called Steve Guy tweets. Those are great. It's just I just put in quotes and I search Steve Guy. And then I quote, tweet, and reply to people. And they're tweets that if you're, if you're reading them and reading it as my name, it could be that these tweets are about me, but they're not at all. 
It's like, the Steve guy at work is such a fucking dickbag. You know? <laughs> and I'll respond to them. Steve, that's really funny. They're good. They're funny. <laughs> and I have a blast with that. And so I'm like, well, let me try to do this at least like once a month because I fell off of it because it brings me joy. And it brings that's a really it brings me joy. I, I love it. You, you'll just be like, yep, Steve Guy tweets all over again on Instagram and I'll just look. <laughs> it's just everyone complaining about some Steve guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. So that's my, my one big social media thing and I got to try to do more. I got to see TikTok. I would, I'm trying to find a way. I'm like, I'm going to put this in video form somewhere how yeah um mm -hmm. we have a tiktok it honestly it's just videos of my dogs because i don't know how to make that shit i just yeah i i've had to stumble across a funny opportunity where i'm able to think actually of recording it and that it's in a short enough amount of time that someone would actually watch it so we only have like six <laughs> i need to stop playing nba 2k 22 and then just give that time up and just focus on like Doing yeah, TikTok because I'm the youngest one and I still don't know. Yeah, the you should. Going. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know how to do it. Like the pandemic was, it wasn't nice, but again, there are, there were some advantages to it. Totally. One of the things that I did during that was like I got to catch up on all this stuff, but I also got to like relook at what am I doing in terms of entertainment and how am I performing and stuff. So like, like the jackets, the goofy jackets that I wear, mm -hmm. and that stems from I wear very flashy blazer jackets when I ring announce for AIW at various times. So I'm like, well, let me translate that into stand-up comedy and it sticks out. And then it also just like, I just felt like I wasn't fully getting all of my personality out in general. Yeah. And like my TikTok and my Instagram reels are like, I've got videos of me singing Disney songs and doing the voices of Disney characters and people I've known forever and ever. They're like, I didn't know you could do voices. I was like, yeah, man, been able to do it all the time. I'm like, just chilling. Like I got a video doing like Kermit the Frog's Rainbow Connection. Yeah, you know? I, I do love doing Kermit voice. And uh, that's on there. And, and I don't remember what other one. Oh, uh, Lumiere, like Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. And Yeah, I remember that video. You had a couple of them. They were good. Yeah. I could do some things, man. I got some talent. I sang, I sang Rainbow Connection uh, for karaoke once, so I feel it. <laughs> it's a fun song. So you're there, too. Yeah. 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 Good. Get on our fucking TikTok then. Yeah, I might. If you have to. all these talents, let's show the world. <laughs> let's show our eighty. Well, I need to followers. do. I need to do my TikTok and then the guiltless TikTok. Gotcha. All right. We'll prioritize. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So you got and plus you got uh, All Saints every uh, Thursday. Oh, every Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Every Wednesday. Every yeah, Wednesday. I do that show. I do like that place. When uh, when it gets nice, right? Do you guys go out in the in the patio? No, we'll still be inside because there'll be people that want to escape the heat, but sure. also. Uh, they've got neighbors that will complain oh, okay. about things going on out there. So hipsters, um, fuckers. <laughs> but it's fun. You know, that's a fun concept. Not all saints. Uh, there's probably people listening who've never been, and it's great. It's not just stand-up comedy, but at the end of everybody's set, we make them share a story of a time that they were a shitty person, and it's hilarious. It gets really awkward real fast. Sometimes the audience writes things down, and I get to read some random stories too. And they have anonymous. the most messed up ones. Oh, the always audience. the audience always does. But it's funny. It's funny because like I have to tell mine, but then an audience, someone will say something really fucked up that they did, and I'll be like, "Who did it?" And then everyone's just like, "Nope." Yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody. That's why they're fucked up because they're anonymous. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. say whatever you want. If, you, if, you're not, if you know in your heart you're not going to own up to it anyway, you're like, "I'll write exactly what I." There might have been ones where I was like, "You should probably be in prison." <laughs> But it's it's so fun, and for me the funnest thing is so like when I go up there and comics done with their set, I'll come up and I'll give the audience three options, and and Brian's hosting it now. And that's the funnest part for you, right? It you, is the funnest part. You come up with, you know, one of the options is their actual story, 
and the audience doesn't know anything about the comic, presumably, except for what they just did in terms of their set. So you'll come up with these two other options, and sometimes they'll clap hard, like, oh, it's definitely this. Like Brett Thomas, for long, Brett just did a show a couple weeks ago there, and I forget, one of the options I said was like, oh, did, uh, did, did Brett try to match with his mom's best friend on Tinder or something <laughs> weird, you know? And he, and he goes, uh, I just want to say that, you know, I feel really good because the other two times that I was here and Steve gave options, they were like things with bestiality and everybody clapped really hard for those and they weren't true. He's like, but today, somebody, you guys clapped really hard thinking that I might actually be able to have sex with an older woman. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read the three for Joe Graham because he actually included one of these in his set. Okay. Uh, He actually, so the three for Joe Graham got kicked out of a strip club uh, or did he convince his blackout drunk friend to drink out of the bidet like a water fountain or did he knee his dad in the balls while they were playing basketball to win the game? And the bidet one he actually put in his set. And the dad one, he doesn't know his dad. So I thought that was the funniest one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because the simplest one is the one that's usually true. Yeah. Well, for when I did it, I was like, I would just come up with two ridiculous ones that seemed I, like I have found things. that if I, if I add certain details to even the fake ones, people think that that's it. So there's a little bit of showmanship to trick them a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. But it, it is fun because I didn't think it'd be fun. It's a good writing exercise. Yeah. For the host. Yeah. It's just and it's a blast and and I love that concept because we we get the opportunity to give newer comics who don't usually do like a little bit longer sets to do that, and then also just that setup because the story is always going to be funny because they're always so weird and awkward, and the audience that's what they're anticipating. So you could have a bad set there as a comic, but still leave feeling good. And the audience feels good about you because you just open your heart on this story when you're a <laughs> shitty person, yeah. and, and like that's always a funny time. So you know, what I mean? so like it saves you from having a full bad set because you're still gonna yeah you have this redemption moment, mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, it's a fun concept for show. It's I, a fun weekly it show. It's a good idea. Yeah. You know, it's it's as opposed not not just doing like just a, a comedy show. It, it's you know, like the, that's a really fun, different idea that I think the crowd will get into. Yeah. Same thing with the stuff that like you and Horning are doing too. Like those are, the, the, it adds just like another kind of like kind of more unique spin on an already fun idea and just yeah. like doing comedy shows. So it's cool. It's work around. It's not like a crazy theme that like ruins the integrity of the show. Cause again, I work with David and David won't be mad if he hears me say this. He loves themes. Like we need so many themes. We need this to be about bartenders, and this one, it's a secret, you know. And he's just doing. It. I was like, we don't need a fucking theme. You put on a good show, it's okay. Um, but there are some themes, like like there. But then I agree, there are some themes that work, like not all saints. Yeah, it doesn't take away anything from the stand up. No, it adds an extra layer of stand up. Yeah. Um, well, um, there are so many people who afterwards they were like. Man, I just got a really good joke out of that story. I've never told that story before. Like, oh yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. There you go, man. You have been. You really like uh, the 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 couple of like the not theme shows, but a couple of shows where you add an extra layer mm-hmm. to the stand up. The Bedrunk in Cleveland one. Yeah. I don't know if that was your idea, but it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so that Bedrunk in Cleveland show that used to happen at Saxonheim years ago, which is what turned into Toast of Cleveland. It turned into Toast of Cleveland. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you've, you've always, because the Bedrunken one, that, I, that's what I started doing, like, that's why I felt comfortable doing stand-up, 
And like in a, in a not so good area right on Denison <laughs> outside where people hearing me say shit and I have to say a fucking drunk story. Um, but yeah, no doing good things. Good. What do you got? You got funny bus. I know that that's uh, funny bus. In- yeah. Go to funny bus, Cleveland, uh, com. Just Google search funny bus, Cleveland. It'll pop up. And then if you have, if you want to know it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they take private tours any day of the week with a max of, 34 people, probably a minimum of like 20, 25, I'm not sure. But it seats 34 people. And yeah, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays are usually the dates where you can like, there's always a show. There's usually three, sometimes four on Saturday. Maybe there's usually one on Friday, maybe two. And then maybe two on Sunday, but one right now. But if you want to find me on it, uh, you got you to gotta go on the website, email the boss. Email, email the guy. Uh, the email's on the website. You just got to yeah. email him and ask when I'm doing it and then work around it. Um, and then the secret show on the, the by the way, happy Easter. Is this oh, the yeah. Easter episode? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy, happy Easter. Easter. <laughs> this is, we're doing this Easter morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, next, uh, Saturday night at 1130, it's going to be at Heart of Gold. And then Logan Rashaw is closing out. Cool. cool who cool. used to work with the Cleveland Comedy Festival. All right. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're able to come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Obviously, what I remembered about the taste of CLE uh, and uh, the Cleveland Comedy Fest was really, really cool. I really liked. I liked it at the Odeon too, because yeah. I mean that that just that was just a place I used to go see shows all the time. Yeah, it's a cool partnership. I, I really like that place. We're just trying to find. We're continuously trying to figure out booking other like bigger name acts potentially to come in there throughout the year too. So. Well, that'd be good. Stay tuned. We'll yeah. keep us posted and to definitely come back, especially as we're getting closer. If you want to start promoting too, yeah, you know, it's an easy. You may, maybe bring someone else on too. You know, yeah, and just bullshit. Have some fun. I'm really sorry that we talked about the uh, major league for 13 minutes and you didn't know we were recording. I mean, I'm never sorry talking about major league. <laughs> yeah. Major league, major league two. I guess two major league two. I have, I have no <laughs> regrets or remorse talking about major league one or two at any point in time. It's something that I, I don't know. I love this, them. That's just how we always start. I can't. I'll t- I can't start by going like welcome to the Gillis podcast. I can't do it. <laughs> Last thing I'll say, I'll let you guys in on this secret. My dream scenario: the Cleveland Comedy Festival becomes big enough because we used to do like host Q and A. So like years ago, Fred Willard, when we were at Playoff Square, we had Fred Willard come in, and there was a whole Q and A thing I'm with right, him. Yeah. It was great. My dream scenario is to get the cast of Major League and have like a panel. Like Q and A thing, like how they do it, like all the comic cons and stuff. Oh, that'd be great! And I was like, man, even if I could just get three or four of them, like if I got Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, I think that's doable. I think so too, but I don't have the money right now. Uh, you know, uh, Dennis Haysbert. Oh, okay. Serrano. Dennis Haysbert might it. be hard. He he'll, I think now he would be the hardest one to get. Because I'm trying to think of the other ones. Like, I mean, surprisingly, uh, the easiest one probably could be Charlie Sheen. Nah, he'll want the most money though. You think so? Yeah, I think he'd find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crack isn't free. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's off that. I think Corbin Burnson might be. Yeah. Easy to bring in. Yeah, but I'm just like, man, if you had all those guys, that would be so cool. Sitting there, right on the stage, sharing stories, people could ask questions and stuff. Like, Man, that would be awesome. Because I mean, that that again, that's a. It's not even just like a Cleveland like movie, obviously, but right. it's just it's nostalgic in terms of like that was like. Yeah. I mean, I have probably seen that movie thirty times easily, yeah. probably more. Oh, same. And I'll watch it every single time it's on. And, and, and I, I mean, I definitely at very least watch it once or twice a year during baseball season. Yeah. 
Like that never that movie is so good on so many levels. Yeah. Every Major League Two? Major League One. Obviously that's what we're talking about. Okay. Hey, uh, you could definitely get the, the cast of Major League Three for. We yeah. can probably get that like next weekend. No, Dennis Haysbert was in that one too, though, dude. Oh, that's right, he was. Him and the Japanese baseball player—they were on the buzz. Walton Goggins, he was in that. <laughs> yeah, Major League Three: Return of the Sith, right? Yeah, that was it. That's actually how Star Wars got the name. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> Major League Three. It's that, a Major League Three. That rip-off. movie technically was not Major League Three. It was Major League Back, Back to the Miners. To the Miners. And no return, any returning cast, you said? Uh, Pedro Serrano. Pedro Serrano. The uh, Japanese guy from the second one. And I think Rube Baker was in there, too. Yeah, that was the it. The catcher. That, that was it. it. That was it? No Lou Brown. We'll, we'll make sure to watch it. I'm going to watch that really high. Dude, After I'm done watching uh, Troll 2, one, I'm going to watch Major League 3. Now, that hilarious. one's really bad, and that's the one that I ignore from the franchise. But uh, okay. That's why we need a real Major League 3. I actually prefer Back to the Miners more than Major League 2. <laughs> I will disagree on that all day. <laughs> and we'll end it right there. Well, hey, no, real quick, Joe, you need to go to a wrestling show now. Yeah. Take, take yeah, Carissa, too. It'll be the same thing as when Carissa I took. Carissa will not go. I'm going to no, try that. No, uh, uh, I took Lexi. Well, oh. Steve got his tickets. Well, she'll go maybe if Lexi goes. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll figure that out. Because yeah. Lexi was like, I don't really, like, I don't hate wrestling. I don't like it. And then afterwards, she was, like, all pumped the fuck up. She was like, I didn't realize that I liked violence as much as I do. Yeah. But be, but be, it's it's one of those. It's like like I'm not a huge hockey fan, yeah. but I will go to a live hockey game any day of the week. Oh, the moment when those fights it's start just happening, different, you just man. freak out. It's, just, yeah. it's seeing those things live is different. It's very In fairness, different. we took her to like a big TV promotion one though, and had front row seats, and they're like getting thrown in the guardrails, and she's like not stopping. It need her. She had the guardrail hit her knee, and it like a little bruised for a couple days, and then I was like, I didn't protect her knee. Because uh, I was too busy putting my arms in the air, pumped. <laughs> did you even realize it happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I actually did him. not. I'd be like, Brian, you got to hold the rail. Like, oh, yeah. I don't hit Lexi. But then she was like, she was showing it she off. She liked like, it. Oh, yeah. She was acting like it was a big battle scar. She's like, oh, my God, look, I got hit in the knee. With she could have broke her knee and been happy with it. That's no. how fun. That's how much fun she had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would do that for sure. Yeah, man. so, well, you and Chris, I got to go. When's the next AIW show? Um, in Cleveland. Uh, the 22nd, we have one at the Odeon. All the seat seats are sold out, so it's just standing room only right now. Um, there's a guy, Minoru Suzuki's on it. Oh, who's he? Who's he? Who's he? Wrestling? Uh, Isaiah Broner. Oh, okay. Young, I know. Oh, okay. So Suzuki's fucking, he's. These are two dudes that are just going to basically just punch each other and chop each other the whole time. Oh. They'll do other stuff too, but it, like that'll be intense. And then we've got, I think we're doing May 5th at the Winchester, and then May 21st, we're in Akron. Okay. Well, me- At the Winchester? Yeah. So we limit that to like 100, 150 people in there. Okay. We have a uh, we have a training ring that sits lower to the ground. Okay. So we, put, like- we put that on the stage. There's not a whole bunch of like high flying stuff, but it's they're fun shows. I would you totally know. go down the street to the Winchester. You want to go to the Winchester? Yeah, yeah I would do Crowd's that. right there, right on top okay, of you. Joe, I know, that, the I know it's a good sized room, but I was still looking at but if it's, a, it's kind of a smaller yeah. ring. Yeah, yeah, I would go see that. That'd be awesome. All right. May 5th, right? The Od- yeah. Odeon one would be real good, yeah. too. I might go. Who's who's wrestling at the Odeon one? That's the Suzuki show. Oh, that's Suzuki at the Odeon. Yeah. Ah, shit. Who's on May fifth? Um, I don't know. We haven't really. We're doing a, we're doing a concept there. I forget what we're doing oh, there. Okay. Well, oh, is it the what's the one the bat not the battle royal? It's uh, the cybernetic. Oh, Gauntlet for the gold. That's May twenty first in oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I mean if I don't have shows, I'll probably try to go to all of them. But Derek's got a match on April twenty second. I forget okay. who he's wrestling. I partied with uh, Steve and uh, Derek. One of, one of our wrestlers. Professional wrestler. Okay. It was fun. Tell, you, tell you off air the story. <laughs> it got pretty ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, I appreciate man, thank it. You. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Brian, great seeing you always. Good seeing you too, Joe. What that's do you got it. coming up, Joe? Uh, this is all I do, so that's it. All right. See you guys. All right. <laughs>